0: Come over to the window, my little darling. I'd like- his doctor's arm and I'm going to do a show now I was going to do the show possibly a week ago but it ended up being some turmoil and some other things that got in the way but here I am back in the saddle and the saddle is a worn out computer chair that creaks like my left knee um lots of stuff going on <clears throat> I don't know what <laughs> but I'm sure there's lots of it um, <clears throat> what the fuck don't start now bitch lungs give me a drink um, so anyway I had today or tonight off and um, I uh, fell asleep watching old like 1970s roller derby on YouTube which is I'll be honest with you, it's pretty fucking entertaining um they really were smashing the shit at each other and and uh just just the uh, nostalgia of it, but not only that, but like um I don't know it just well, I guess that's part of the nostalgia it does take you back to to those days and uh you know like some of the some of the guys with like the big afros and man some of, I guess because it's almost like hockey players because they're wearing skates. It adds about, I don't know, three inches or something to their height. Um, nowadays, and, you know, we had they had a big resurgence of that. Oh, my gosh. Probably like ten years ago. And it became like, it's al- it be, almost like the independent wrestling scene uh, is now or got to be. Um, people started doing roller derby. Um, and from what i from what i saw and from a lot of the documentaries and everything uh you know like women's roller derby got really big and um because it was like an independent deal where you know it wasn't a lot of money or anything you know they would just do it on uh gym floors you know flat gym floors in like whether it's local high schools or where they got up to like civic arenas i'm not sure um <clears throat> but the main um, I think the main draw was like a lot of the colorful characters and that the, that the women would come up with, uh, the different names and everything and kind of like personas that they would take on. And like I said, there's a lot of really kind of funny or not funny, but like interesting documentaries about it. And, uh, there was a guy, Eddie Goldman, uh, had a podcast called no holds barred and he covered every kind of, um, combat sport, uh, and he was really doing a lot covering and I wouldn't say promoting, but just because he was covering it so much, he was promoting, um, you know, a lot of the roller derby and saying it was the fastest growing sport, uh, in the country right now and everything. Um, like I said, I haven't been following that much and I haven't been hearing that much. And I, his podcast, I used to listen to on Yada and, um, the Wrestling Observer Live was on there for a couple hours a day, and then Eddie Goldman the holds Bard, would come on after that, and they would cover MMA, boxing, judo, jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, like I said, like roller derby, um, uh, the different, like, submission wrestling tournaments that they would have in, like, Abu Dhabi and places like that, um, and the Olympics. And, you know, but it was interesting, and I haven't... I, I think that he still has his... Podcast, and I really should get on there and listen to it because I really, he does such a good job. He's really professional. It's not like silver and gold, you know, where it's just a hodgepodge of uh, some uh, fucking fat chimp sitting in a chair, fucking blah, blah, blah. You know, but anyway, uh, I was watching that roller derby and. It made me want to go back and just read. I, I've read a little bit about the about the sport of it and the spectacle and you know sports entertainment deal and everything back in the seventies. But it went back even further than that, and I want to go back and find some actual books. Uh, I think I had discussed before a documentary that we had found from like the very early seventies, uh, which was really good that I that uh, that I liked, and it wasn't even just as much roller derby as. As the documentary was just cool because it followed around three or four people that lived back then and their lives in like a, you know, kind of a modest suburb or, you know, maybe more of a lower rent kind of a uh, places and things like that. But so anyway, I was watching that and I, I was surprised because I thought, you know, OK, um, I wanted to watch. I didn't want to watch the new stuff. I wanted to find the old stuff. Well, man, there's a lot of this old uh, footage Uh, like full games and everything on youtube and and um i was surprised at how entertaining and and don't don't let it um uh the fact that i fell asleep (laughs) you know give you any kind of um of uh critique of of what it was i was really enjoying it because it 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 did look like such a you know a competition and the way that they were doing it and just beating on each other and but not just that i mean it wasn't like uh it was kind of more like a, almost like a mixture of of uh, hockey and roller skating where, you know, yeah, you might have some rough, the rough stuff now and then, but that wasn't the only thing. I mean, they were flying around that track and the strategy and stuff that they used and everything. Um, and it got really big. Like I said, I want to I get on, like I know I'm, I'm after this, I'm going to get on Wikipedia and read a bunch of stuff about the... Um, about the the rise and fall because it was on national TV. I remember watching it in the afternoons on like Saturday and it was really big and they were going to all these big arenas and everything and had these teams all over. And then they had the, the big fall of it and everything, which Dave Meltzer talks about a lot. And I'd like to hear him do like an extended thing on that too. Um, but let's get more into the movie stuff. The stuff, uh, just been, um, dealing with some old ghosts i guess that have reemerged in my life that do from time to time and it's funny how um at one point in your life it can really you know somebody shows back up that you had a a past relationship with out of the blue and how it can you know kind of do the turmoil thing and and uh maybe it's because i'm getting older i was just kind of like you know my basic response was, um, you know, why are you contacting me? And, you know, I I don't think this is, you know, a good thing. And basically, you know, just kind of saying, you know, I'm I, I, like the Danny Glover thing. I'm too I'm getting too old for this shit. So I I think it's pretty much resolved um, in a good way, not in a I feel sad to a point because you know you start thinking okay um, i'm just basically something that i wish would have happened you know when you when you want somebody to, that you've split up with or whatever to you know come back or whatever and and now <clears throat> i'm just kind of like eh. You know i I just don't have the heart for it the energy i think i believe my comment was uh, i'm old i'm tired and uh you know this just isn't a a good thing so but it ended again amicably i guess um but it still just kind of makes you sad you know it's like those rose-colored glasses kind of a thing not in that way but in the uh you know like uh, and this ended a long time ago but this person just comes back and you know i'm sure i mean i felt the same way i can't condemn anybody other uh, because i've have felt you know where you um maybe something's not going good in your life and you start having regrets or you start thinking about the past and this and that and uh, i think i've learned through a life through life lessons uh, over you know a good long time that it's yeah you can think back at the at the good things and what could have been and all this and that but uh it's better to move forward and just put that stuff in the past leave it in the past and uh fucking you know what are you gonna do anyway but that's the main thing that's that's kind of like it did stir me up a little bit and get me in a kind of a you know shitty but not sleeping kind of a mode and and just kind of you know like something just coming along and and you're just cruising along really comfortably and living your life and you're in your nice little pattern of, in your comfort zone and everything. And then somebody comes along and starts putting methamphetamine in your fucking Cheerios or whatever. And all of a sudden for, for a few days, it's like, you know, what the fuck, what the fuck's going on? Why is this? And that was the gist of, um, no matter what this person said, uh, in the emails that, that she was sending me, you know, I just basically was like why are you contacting me? What why are you thinking about me? Why why is this happening? And she would just try and dodge and avoid and turn it uh like uh uh to something like a like another topic or something like that and I would just be like I just I don't understand what this is about. Why is this happening? And so finally then I think uh you know kind of forced her to confront what was going on and everything and 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 I still don't know a hundred percent why, and I even said that I said I probably will never know uh but you know this isn't a good thing, so anyway, just like you know, I guess we all even even someone like me who is very um you know her <laughs> it's funny how you can be a hermit and go to work, come home, ride the motorcycle. You know, play with the dogs, watch movies, and not have a lot of social interaction. And social interaction will find you. (laughs) Drama will find you, I guess. Um, And like I said, I care about this person. And I, I even said, you know, and they're with somebody else. And I said, you know, obviously that happened for a reason. Obviously what happened between us happened for a reason. Uh, you've been with this person for a fucking long time. And you've been with them for a hell of a lot longer than you were with me. Uh, so maybe it's for the best. And what I wanted to say, you know, after the fact, you start thinking about other stuff you want to say. And, and one thing I wanted to say was, listen, if you're not happy with this person, then fucking get a, you know, go leave them. You know, you don't need to be with I i guess i'm an oddity and i've talked to some of our friends you know on sylvan gold or in you know the gentleman's guide sphere online and stuff that and we're friends and everything and there's some people that just need to they have to be with somebody they can't stand to be alone they have to be with somebody they and they'll go from one person right to the next person They generally will find somebody else before they leave that person so they can have the branch to grab onto instead of, you know, actually having to fall out of the tree, hit the ground, and go on their own for a little bit. Um, I think the older I get, the less I am like... I I don't think I was ever like that. I would always get upset if there was a breakup because it it is emotionally wrenching and everything. But um, I do pretty... uh, pretty well on my own. <laughs> I think my sister even said that she goes i I've never seen anybody that was, you know, content to just kind of be on their own and do their can entertain themselves, you know. Um uh, and you know, I can I and and the older I get, the less I want drama, the less I want somebody twisting my melon as a uh, fucking Steve McQueen would say. You're twisting my melon, man. You're twisting my melon. And it seems like uh i have come to the conclusion that i cannot read women i cannot uh do what i'm supposed to do and even if i do i think what i'm supposed to do you're supposed to do something else and uh well, i i shouldn't say that i shouldn't stereotype and say all women but the uh, the ones that i have went out with um, I just try and be myself, and obviously being myself is not something that, you know, at first I'm the greatest thing in the world, I'm funny, I'm, you know, awesome, blah, 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 but then when that grows old and tired, then, you know, they want to move on, and uh generally, you know, move on to somebody else, and then I have to go through all that fucking bullshit, heartache, and trouble, and you know just like i said just being stirred up where your stomach fucking hurts you don't want to eat you can't sleep you you're fucking manic and feel like shit and um you know like i said i think i've had my fill of that I, I i told my mom i said i i think i had a pretty good run there for for quite a while and you know always had a girlfriend and always you know um had some somebody and i was interested in everything and or somebody what that's what i was saying somebody that i was interested in and that i wanted to but now, I just don't give a shit anymore, you know, maybe it's the testosterone levels are getting lower. I don't know um but anyway, so like I said that I just threw that in there as a uh kind of like what's been going on deal and uh if if an old me can bring some knowledge to young other people uh yeah <laughs> there you go uh it it, it i would I would say there was a point in time where, you know, you feel bad about, you feel down about yourself or this and that and everything. And, and, um, I think there's a reason for everything. And like I said, I don't regret any of the things that have happened. And what I told this person was, you know, I care about you. I still care about you. I don't want anything bad to happen to you or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it's just not, it's not mine to deal with. And, uh, and like i said there's always those old butterflies those old memories or whatever inside you and they just want to sleep they don't <laughs> they don't want to be stirred up um so let's get to some movies and tv and all kind of stuff uh, i did watch a whole lot more now what I, what's funny is i say that like you know okay i've got more to talk about this time but last time I didn't have as much to talk about, and I still almost went <laughs> three fucking hours. And it is currently four a.m. Eastern Standard Time in this hemisphere, or in this uh, part of the USA. And I'm um, down to on my list here, and and uh, of course sometimes they have the little. I, sh- I should just I should write down the ones that I cover. And that way I'll know, because every time I do a show, when I start out, I'm like, okay, did I cover this already? But I'll just, um, you know, uh, I probably did cover this because I do remember, I believe, talking about James Gray. James Gray, the writer and director of We Own the Night from 2007. And that's the Joaquin Phoenix, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Robert Duval, um, movie about, um, um, I almost want to say every time you know they had a, t- a show called, or I think it was a, a a series of movies toward the end of Charles Bronson's life called Family of Cops, and it almost seems like that. I never watched the show Blue Bloods. I think uh, Dave Mack kind of recommended that with Tom Selleck and uh, Donnie Wahlberg, and that's sort of what um, uh, Family of Cops and um, uh, Blue Bloods, from what I know of it, sort of. Are like uh this we own the night um this one it starts out really good because you have uh ava mendez who is in- so incredibly good looking uh getting basically f- hand and finger manipulated <laughs> to an orgasm in uh in um like a, a, a the office of a of a club that Joaquin Phoenix runs, which I mean she's just so good looking it's not even funny, um, and but the this one it wasn't too bad, um, but toward the end it kind of got a little bit um, I don't know maybe maybe they just need maybe they needed more time maybe this should I mean this is a a, long, a, a fairly good length movie anyway and uh but what i was thinking was it seemed like uh, maybe this is something that at the end the joaquin phoenix character that it, it there was a lot more if they had more time that this should have taken place over more time because he is in a family of cops. And I'm not just talking about his blood relatives. I mean, but his, his brother, his dad, and I'm sure other people in his family are cops. And then of course, all their, all their friends, all their, whatever are cops. And he's kind of the black sheep because he runs a, a nightclub does blow, you know, and, uh, and, and hangs out with some no, uh, notorious, but at, at a high level and at a low level scumbags, which, you know, that tends to happen when you're in the uh, bar or club business. Um, and um, I like that story, and I like the way it was shot and everything. But like I said, you get to the to the point where they're following... It, it seemed like there was too much that happened within a very short period. It almost seemed like just a few days. Uh, and um, this could have been over a couple of years the way that the story goes like what happens to Joaquin Phoenix and how he eventually um his character kind of <sighs> morphs into something else that just seemed like it happened real fast and the conclusion came too fast this would have been like a mini series or something i think they could have followed this this uh, family and in the mini series it could have taken place over a few years to, to the conclusion that they came to but you know not so not such a fast wrap up but i thought it was it was pretty good it wasn't great but it, it i like uh, cop movies i like uh, movies about like uh, like serpico and and things like that where it's kind of like they they follow somebody's life within i was thinking about the one with um jake gyllenhaal the other day end of watch and um things like that where you know it's kind of like i said like the uh, the family of cops um i'm trying to think what some of the other well i mean like Ford apache the bronx um i'm trying to think of some other ones that were you know where it's even like magnum force where they show dirty harry and even though he's kind of a loner the whole thing takes place in you know the precinct uh if his whether it's his partner the the three you know motorcycle cops Hal holbrook uh any of those dirty harry movies the good dirty harry movies not when they started getting kind of shitty toward the end but more like this like like i said like a family of cops and i'm not talking about the charles bronson uh movies per se i'm talking about that subject matter Let's move on to the next thing which is The Secret in Their Eyes from 2009. The original title is El Secreto de Sus Ojos or Ojos. I think the J is uh, pronounced an H I believe. Ojos maybe. Um this one Wait a minute, did I bring up the wrong thing? Mm, okay, this was the actual this actually was the um original version of uh, The Secret in Their Eyes which starred um, Julia Roberts and now I remember that I did talk about this but anyway someone told so let's just talk about this the, the original which I have not seen um, so I, I want to go and look at this um, directed by Juan Jose Campanella uh, the writers uh, of the screenplay were Eduardo uh, Sarechi and Juan Jose Campanella uh, starring Ricardo Darín, Darin, Soledad uh, Villamil, and Pablo Rago, uh, and apparently this one won an Oscar. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I had never heard of it until I just saw the uh, the movie. I believe on um, Netflix uh, Instant Watch with um, what's her face, Julia Roberts, and um, it was. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I'm curious, I believe somebody on the group said, you know, you definitely want to watch the original because it's really good. Um, let's see. A retired legal counselor writes a novel hoping to find closure for one of his past unresolved homicide cases uh, and for its unreciprocated love with his superior, uh, both which still haunt him decades later. So this was, uh, like I said, it's pretty. I thought it was pretty good, the, the remake, so... I want to go and check that one oot. I did um start watching Terminator the Sarah Chronicle, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, mostly the well, probably the only reason that I I want my friend Randy watched it and he liked it. Uh I like Lena Headey, so I just that's the probably the main reason that I wanted to watch that and I was watching uh some clips of her on talk shows the other night and uh it's funny because most of the things i think the only things i've seen her in she does an american accent so when i would see her on these talk shows and she has a an english or a british accent you know it's funny when you when you see that for so long and then you actually hear the person speaking and and uh but but anyway i've only watched still just the the pilot or the uh original first episode of this so i need to get back to that that's when i want to make a little reminder i've got it on my ipad i just i'm doing one episode at a time while watching uh breaking bad and um luke cage and some other things and mixing them up instead of instead of powering through and uh Whatchamacallit, uh, what you call that shit when you do that? <laughs> Binging. Uh, Chappaquiddick, I think I did talk about this already. Um, I thought Ed Helms was really good in this. Um, I was surprised because I really do not like his comedy. I didn't like him on The Office. Olivia uh, Thurlby is in this. Speaking of Lena Headey, she was Judge Anderson in *Dread*, and Lena Headey was Mama Clancy Brown's. Always good. I always like him. Uh, See some other people in here. Kate Mara was in this. She played Mary Jo Capetney, and she did a good job. I'm not the world's biggest Kate Mara fan. I don't know what it is. There, she just doesn't. uh, She's cute, but eh, I don't know. I don't think she's all that great uh as far as uh, an actress she's okay. Not, I mean not bad or anything. She just doesn't work for me that well. Bruce Stern was in this and he plays Joseph Kennedy, the father, of the patriarch of the family, the family Kennedys. And uh for the most part in this, uh, Joe Kennedy has had a stroke or a series of strokes and he can't say anything except generally one word which was kind of, I don't know, they said that that wasn't true, that uh, the one word that he speaks to, Teddy, you know, that that wasn't true. There was a couple of things my sister told me that were not, you know, either historically accurate or that didn't happen, but they put them in there for dramatic effect. And uh, I think the other was Joan Kennedy's uh, response to Ted when he got into a um, limousine after a big press conference. And I, I, okay, It may not have been historically accurate, uh, and it may never have happened, but it was fucking funny as shit. I like that. Um, so anyway. Uh, the Lion Woman, I probably have talked about that too, I believe, from 2016. Lovkinvinen. Uh 1912, a Norwegian woman dies of childbirth, leaving behind her daughter, born with hypertrichosis or excessive hair growth and a grieving husband who hides the girl from gawkers. Um, I thought this was really good. Uh, It wasn't, I mean, not great, but um, I liked the relationship between the father, uh, I believe that's Ruf Larsgaard, and uh, uh, his daughter, uh, Hannah, which was Kirsti Tvertras. Uh, She was really good. And, you know, it just puts you in a mind. uh, It it was exactly what I expected it to be. It was a a lot more, um, I think, you know, a lot more emotional and everything. And and I thought it was done really well. Uh, But it just does put you in mind of what it would be like to, um, you know, you're going to have a baby and say then your wife is in childbirth and then um, you're hit with something whether it's uh you know i don't know the politically correct if they still say birth defect or whatever uh but something that uh, suddenly your life is going okay your life's going to be more complicated no matter what if your child is happy and healthy uh at birth uh even you know through the dramas and the and and all the stuff of uh you know their life and their dramas, and you're having to deal with their pain and their sadness and things like that. Uh, that's even when they're happy and healthy. But when your child is born uh, and with special needs or something like that, uh, you're suddenly on the happiest day of your life, which still the happiest day of your life. Um, your your life has is in a in an instance changed uh, and it's going to be a lot more difficult. And uh, you know some people deal with that in a in a great way and it's really inspiring to see people you know that step up to the plate and uh and and realize that um you know their own selfish needs are nothing compared to what they have to deal with now and so like i said that's the, 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 the that's the kind of movie this is and i really like it and how the relationship changes between her and her father from her, you know initially at birth and then not only that but also her uh getting out into the world and like when she first goes to school and then the relationship that she starts developing with the people in the town when she is, you know, does come out and start becoming just one of the, one of the people, one of the, one of the little family that lives around the train station that her father uh, works at. So it's pretty good. I recommend it. Like I said, it's not something that I'm going to go back and, you know, dying to see again, but I thought it was pretty good. I watched... Uh, okay, now we're getting into stuff that I know I have not talked about. Because I've been wanting to... So when, so when I first watched this uh, the other day, again, I mean, a rewatch, uh I was thinking about the stuff that I wanted to talk about. And there, there's not... I mean, I'm not going to... don't have a list or anything. But I watched Die Hard 2 from 1990. Um, this is a Rennie Harlan movie. John McClane attempts to avert disaster as rogue military operatives seize control of Dulles International Airport in Washington, D.C. Um... <laughs> now, honest to God, I have not watched Die Hard in ages, the original Die Hard. I saw it in the theater. Um, and I, I really liked it back then, when you know, when it first came out. And, um... It was a different time of course that was in the 80s uh toward the end of the 80s i believe and um then i remember seeing this going to see it in the theater and everything and because i liked the original diehard so much that I, I thought okay man i want to i want to go see this and i i remember being uh you know underwhelmed and not thinking or thinking it wasn't that good hang on one second people. Aren't you mama's only boy, but her favorite one, it seems? Uh, somebody had to go to the bathroom. (laughs) It seems like this becomes more and more frequent as we go along. As again, I'm getting too old for this shit. Um, anyway. Uh, watched Die Hard 2. Um... And I was curious to see how I would feel about it, since, like I said, I watched it, that uh, I think, maybe twice. Um, and I, even the second time, which was a long, long time ago, probably over 20, like 20 years ago or something. I didn't think it was that good that time either. <laughs> um, my main takeaway from this was, okay, even though this was made in 1990, it is obviously still a holdover from the uh, 80s action movie. And, you, and this is one of those like gentleman's guide things where if I watch this now uh, with all the, you know, action movies and things like that that I have seen modern day and everything, I would think, OK, this is pretty, you know, eh. but if you watch it with it, with the it, keeping in mind uh, when it took place and how movies were made back then and everything, uh, you can have a really good laugh with uh, at this. And most of my laughter came from, um, how horrible Bruce Willis is and how he is just coasting on the charisma that he, you know, they used to talk about how he was a bartender and, and, uh, then he just got discovered and all this stuff. And, you know, the guy probably did have some natural charisma as far as a little smirk here and there and saying a little, uh, you know goofy line or whatever to the ladies in the bar or whatever and it's just so i mean that's that he is just and he's been coasting ever since and it just gets more and more obvious and more and more horrible um he is a fucking douchebag in this He is such a fucking asshole. And, like, when he's talking to himself and shit during, like, you know, he's he's in a life-and-death situation, and, and he's like, Oh, Jesus Christ, what the fuck's going on? Here? And not only that, but goddamn, whoever told this? Okay, this guy's supposed to be a cop, and cops train every day. They go to the shooting range and shoot. Uh, maybe not every day once you, you know, have become a detective and you've been doing it for a while, but you have a certain amount of, of, um, you know time that you ha- are supposed to spend at the at the gun range he is awful he makes the fucking stupidest faces and flinches and squints and holds his mouth like he's fucking i don't know if you just watch this goddamn movie and just watch Bruce Willis's expressions i guess he's acting when he's shooting he's trying to put some charisma into his into his shooting. But Jesus Christ, you would think that he was holding a fucking rattlesnake uh, in his hand or a pile of shit that's about to explode backwards into his face when he shoots. And the gun must smell like goddamn Pepe Le Pew. Honest to God. And then not only that, but Dennis Franz... uh, Okay, you, you know, like I said, you have to look at this as a 80s movie. So and the way that they did things back then, and they had that formula. Dennis Franz is the asshole (laughs) that John McClane could have walked in with 12 dead soldiers uh, that had in their pockets, covered in blood, the plans that they were going to do to take over this airport and do whatever they were going to do, you know. And he could have pulled it out and uh, and said, "Look, man, I found these guys." And Dennis Franz like, "Get out of my airport, McLean! Get this man out of here! Get him out of my fucking terminal!" It's like no matter what McLean does, Dennis Franz does not give a shit. It's just like, hey motherfucker this is my fucking airport this is my fucking terminal you don't tell me what to fucking do in my airport and my terminal yeah but there's a guy standing behind you with a gun i don't give a shit get this motherfucker out of here you know it's like jesus christ it was so fucking ridiculously stupid how how resistant stubborn and what an asshole dennis franz was okay then we go to uh william sadler Uh, And one of the most iconic scenes in this movie is from the first, like, probably minute of this movie where William Sadler, for some reason, is standing in his goddamn fucking hotel room, uh, buck naked, doing Tai Chi or whatever the fuck. He's doing some kind of karate kata or doing Tai Chi or something. And then they build up. It's like, okay, is this supposed to be cool? Because it's really kind of like, you know, I don't really want to even see this and uh i mean he was in shape and everything i guess but um but jesus christ and then it's like they have to accentuate it by he's the news is on in the background and suddenly it's like Da-da! and he grabs the remote control i mean it's like you, it, it just was dumb um And maybe Renny Harlan was like, okay, this is the dumb shit that they like to put out, so I'm going to follow the formula and make it dumb. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Uh, Bonnie Bedelia, who was John McClane's wife, is basically, I don't know, just fucking pointless and just, you know, who gives a shit? Um, Now, the reason that I rented this was... I kind of I posted something about Franco Nero on the group whether he looked better with a mustache or without a mustache. Yes, that is actually something we discussed on the group. <laughs> um but um you know, it's like okay, you know, Franco Nero's in this, so I I, I kind of want to watch it because of him. And I don't know how much they paid him to play this part, but they could have gotten anybody. I mean, you know, it's like Robert Ford I haven't seen Missing in Action or not missing an action. What the hell was the one with Lee Marvin and uh, Chuck Norris? Delta Force. And uh, I think, like, Robert Forster plays the sort of the same thing. They just put a mustache on him, although Franco Nero doesn't need somebody to put him on. He had his mustache. Uh, and he didn't need hair plugs, those awful hair plugs, like fucking Robert Forster has now. Oh my god, I feel bad for the guy. Oof. Um, but anyway, Franco Nero's in this, but it's like he they could have gotten anybody for scale to play this part that even looked like, you know, South American. And Franco Nero is not even fucking South American. He's Italian. But anyway, I wanted to watch it because he was in it. This movie still, it's, it's fucking not. It's, okay, again, if you watch it, uh, to see some of the actors that um, Fred Dalton, uh, Thompson, the guy who went on to become like a fucking senator or whatever the fuck he was. He, he I liked him as an actor, but he was a dumb fuck. They said he was one of the laziest like, uh, congressmen. I think he was a congressman. Uh, he was one of the laziest congressmen that they ever had. He never did anything. And not only that, but then they tried to run him for president because they thought, well, he's an actor. He's got charisma. He he can be a next the next Ronald Reagan. And they said during the campaign, he was just as lazy. He just went along for the ride. Didn't want to do anything. So he's another one that kind of got by with that good old you know, John McLean, what's he doing on that plane? You know, you know. I remember. I remember him mostly from uh, Law and Order, uh, which he was really good on there. Um, but anyway, like I said, if you want to watch this and you can watch it with uh, the, all the knowledge of uh, how ridiculous and funny uh, the formula was for '80s action movies, you will enjoy this. But man, Bruce Willis sucks. I watched, uh, because of the Franco Franco Nero, uh, thing I had going on. I watched, uh, Rasputin from 2010 and this was directed and written by Louis Nero. And, uh, okay. So I I like Rasputin movies and I was wanting to watch, uh, Franco Nero. So I thought, okay, cool. Franco Nero's in this and, uh, you know, it's a Rasputin movie, which I know the whole story and everything a million times over, but yeah, I want to watch this. Um, Franco Nero is the narrator, which I should have known. Something that I I kind of figured. Okay, two thousand ten, he's pretty fucking old now, and he was pretty fucking old in two thousand ten. I thought he would be like, uh, he would be perfect to play um, um, Nicholas II when he was young, but he's not young, and Nicholas II and his whole family were killed, so. When they were young, so there's no chance of that. But Franco Nero, he's a narrator of this. Now, this wasn't bad; um, it wasn't great. It was shot in a, uh, I, they the the basically the the chances that they took were more to do with how the story was told. Um, honest to God, there with the exception of like the sex and stuff like that. This could have been like a Discovery or a Discover or Discovery or History Channel like uh, documentary or something about Rasputin, the way it was done, where they almost had the characters, they didn't almost, they did, the characters that were involved in Rasputin's assassination, uh, they had them like as talking heads in uh, that would set up each scene. Uh, and so it was kind of di- it was just different how they did it. the The guy that played Rasputin, who was where's he at here? Uh Francesco Cabras. Uh, he was good. I mean, everybody everybody in it was good, but it was not great. Um, I'm not unhappy that I watched it, but uh, um, like honest to God, I would rather see um, goddamn John Barry, John Drew Barrymore, or whatever in a fucking Rasputin exploitation movie, you know, a low-budget one, which were fucking pretty entertaining as shit. Now I want to watch that. Uh, this was okay. Eh, yeah. watch Results from 2015. This is an Andrew, uh, or Andrew. I'll say Andrew because his last name is Bu- Bujalski. So Andrew Bujalski or Andrew uh, Bujalski written and directed this uh two ma- mismatched personal trainers lives are upended by the actions of a new and wealthy client uh the reason i watch this is because it stars guy pierce or gee pierce uh kobe smolders who plays uh she's in uh, those avengers movies i believe she plays um what's her face oh god what's the the chick that took nick fury's place in shield i like her in the comics and she's like dull dishwater in fucking the movies and that's that co- that co- co- uh, kobe smolders i find her to be that way as far like some of my friends my this one guy i work with tom just thinks she's just so fucking hot and again she just is like average in every way she just does not crank my shaft yeah you know what i'm saying um, this is pretty good. It's it's it was under comedy, and I don't understand why it was under comedy. It was maybe there's stuff in it that's funny that I just uh, I don't know. Guy Pierce was excellent. Man, the fucker must be in good shape because I mean he plays a personal trainer and everything. But I mean he's he looks like somebody who does all this CrossFit shit and everything. And uh... uh the guy that played any or Kevin Corrigan. Yeah, Kevin Corrigan. He was pretty good. I was I kind of had a hard time at first trying to figure out his character. I was like is this guy going to end up being a stalker or a goddamn uh, you know, crazy person or something. Uh, but it doesn't it's not like that. It's um I don't know. Like I said, I expected it because it was under comedy. I expected it to be like a comedy or at least kind of a, a rom-com. And I didn't even really think it was like a rom-com as it was just kind of following, you know, uh, a character study of these, basically these three people. Guy Pearce, um, uh, Kobe. Is, I don't want to say Colby, but it's Kobe Smulders. And even her name is just like... <laughs> Uh, and Kevin Corrigan and, and uh, them interacting around the gym and going and training him. And he's kind of a, I hate to say it, but kind of like a, a loser who fell into a whole bunch of money. A depressed loser. And they're trying to help him out. And then just all the shit that comes from that and everything. But I thought it was pretty good. I mean, nothing great again. It's it's uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, like Guy Pierce Dig it. Uh, I'm starting to think I have Tourette's Syndrome, by the way. <laughs> all the noises that I make and all the, uh, and I don't know, whatever. Probably just mania. Um, now, I haven't seen this yet, but something I want to go see because I think it does. When I was talking about like 80s movies, uh, 80s uh, action movies and how kind of silly they are and everything. Well, The Meg from 2018 starring uh, Jason Statham, Ruby Rose, Jessica McNamee. Uh, and written by Dean Jorgales and John Ober or Hober, directed by John Turtletob. How come none of these people have like Jan Smith or Jan Smith? <laughs> also has Rain Wilson from The Office in it. And let's see who else is in this. I figure most of these people are just people that are like uh, fish food, if you know what I'm saying, baby. Um. With the rise of like uh, the Godzilla movies that, have, that are coming back and uh, Pacific Rim and stuff like that, um, yeah, I kind of want to go see this. I think, it, and and from the trailer, I think it looks like it would be fun. And Jason Statham, I'm telling you, people, um, that motherfucker. When you when, when one of these days, when like say um, this is made in 2018, there's gonna be in 2038, some young fucking douchebag kids that are doing a podcast or whatever, and we look back at, like, uh, I don't know, Bruce Lee, Charles Bronson, and these guys that we look back at and think, you know, that fuckers pretty cool, you know. Uh, Jason Statham is is the shit. Um, I don't know. He's in a—he's He's got the look. He's got, uh, the physicality. Um, uh, he picks good movies. Even, even his movies, um— that aren't like the 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 top the, like you know of course you know, when he's in that goddamn Fast and the Furious bullshit, uh, <laughs> which I, I I really should because he's in those the the, the ones like the, the the Fast and the Furious maybe too, and and maybe I'm being too hard on those because maybe when I'm looking at the Meg and movies like that maybe I should just keep uh keep that in mind while watching those that they're just ridiculous fun. Um, I think there's just something about fucking Vin Diesel that just rubs me the wrong way. Like him just act trying to act too... Fu- he's the guy... Like Jason Statham can be funny and shit like that. Vin Diesel is just the guy that is just trying to act too cool all the time. Plus, he's like... Um, um, he's like... The like he reminds me of like Triple H in wrestling. He always has to be uh, the toughest, the coolest, the whatever. Blah 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 blah. Now Charles Bronson acted cool, or like you know he was like a tough guy all the quiet tough guy all the time. Vin Diesel just fucking is a douche head. Um, I don't know. Whatever. I, I have a I have something against Vin Diesel, kind of like Mark Wahlberg, I guess. You know somebody who's just constantly trying to be you know the badass or whatever. And I don't get that with Bronson. Or Steve McQueen, or Yul Brenner or, I don't know, you know. There's just something that you just want to fucking punch him in the goddamn fucking face. And then when they're laying there, spitting their fucking teeth out, daddy, you see? Listen, how do you live your life now, a quarter of a mile at a time with no fucking teeth? Somebody has to cut the corn off your corn on the cob now, motherfucker. Like, Macho Man was a nut in real life. You know? Vin Diesel, I don't know. God damn, there's something about him I don't like. I like Statham, though. But what I was going to say is, like, some of these movies that he was in, um, I don't know, like Crank and uh, The Bank Job. Of course, that was a remake. Death Race. There's a lot of them that weren't, like, the biggest hits in the world, but I still liked them. Um, and yeah, it's funny that he was in Collateral. Now I'm going to go down to Jason Statham more. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He was good in that. And Snatch, both of those. You know, with Geith and Breachy. I never saw Ghost of Mars. And I did not know that Jason Statham was in that. But I heard that was a fucking turd. Uh, Mean Machine. I believe I saw that. That was the soccer version of... uh, of, um, Longest Yard. Or you know whatever uh transporter of course italian job blah blah blah. Uh, collateral cellular blah blah, blah, blah blah transporter 2 love hated the transporter movies cuz he said Chevchelius raped his girlfriend in uh public but i think that she was a kind of more like a voyeur and a fucking uh she she seemed if he was raping her she would be like fighting him, trying to get away and not liking it, and she was getting off on it. So maybe I'm a douchehead for saying that, but I think that what we got in the movie was what it was supposed to be. Now, if a guy actually did that to a woman in public, uh, and I'm saying a normal woman now if the woman is a nymphomaniac or a goddamn fucking she she like i said uh likes public exhibitionism and likes to be watched i don't know i'm not gonna look into it that far loaf it's a goddamn fucking uh it's the goddamn Chev i mean uh, well was i talking about that i said transporter was he Chev? Chepchel- no, no uh, is a goddamn crank <laughs> i'm not even in the right fucking movie but um <laughs> crank he didn't like crank i don't know how he felt about the transporter <laughs> but there were three transporter movies that so this did fairly well um what was the one i was thinking about that i liked d d d mechanic i just i don't know like I said, i've said before on the show i think that him and uh ben foster just kind of looked too much alike he ben foster looked like his mini me it wasn't like bronson and the golden goddess uh, j michael vincent killer elite was the one i liked with um statham and clive owen and robert denaro i could watch that one that's a personal favorite right there i have watched that one several times and i might even go dig it out of the basement and watch it again parker i thought parker was pretty good for not really doing anything kind of straight to video deal Giggity goo. Oh god, they're gonna do a mechanic resurrection. Oh, they already did. <laughs> two thousand sixteen. He shuffled that in between them fast and the For- them them fast and the furious movies. Viva La Madness, that's a TV show. Hobbs and Shaw. Spy two What's Hobbs and Shaw? Was that the goddamn game that I used to fucking say? Post pictures of that was a oh a spin-off of Fate of the Furious. Fuck the Furious. How about that? How about they come up with a sequel called Fuck the Furious and like uh, the comedian from uh, The Watchmen comes and just murders all of them. I would love that. Kill every single one of them. I don't give a fuck. Okay, Hobbs and Shaw. That might be good though if it's just Statham. Who's gonna be in this turd? Dwayne Johnson. He's Hobbs. <laughs> See, that just shows you, I, I have not watched, uh, the ones uh, that yeah, I've seen parts of the ones, I think with, uh, the rock, but, uh, now see, I could get into now, listen, I'm open-minded. I could get into this, the rock as I call him, Dwayne Johnson and Statham in a movie Hobbs and Shaw. I think that would be awesome. That could be awesome. And Idris Elba is in that too. Let's see if it has anybody else in the cast. It's got a chick named Vanessa Kirby. Is she hot? She's kind of hot. What was she in? She was in Mission Impossible Fallout. Crown. The Crown. The that's a, I think that was the TV show that the girl that's going to be in. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo was in. And what else? Love Actually. Or not Notting Hill. Nee, nee, nee. No, 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 no. all the federalists say they could have had him any day the meg so we're back to the meg hobbs and shaw you learned something from the old zom here I, i'm teaching you <laughs> i've got a premonition that jason statham and the rock are going to do your movie called that wasn't even like sean connery i really got twisted i did a sean connery the other day to some guy on the phone uh, Spy Two is that a kitty movie? Yeah, that's got that fucking what's her name that I don't. They're trying to make a big thing out of her, and I don't. Yeah, whatever, whatever. What's her name? Melissa McCarthy. Hang on a second. Oh, dig it. Uh, damn, the tuba is tuned. Uh, I watched for the first time. Um. This was on my, what do they call it, a list of shame? When these people online say that uh, it's like something that everybody has seen but them. The Thin Man from 1934. Directed by W.S. Van Dyke. Written by uh, Albert Hackett and Francis Goodrich. This stars William Powell, Myrna Loy, uh, Maureen O'Sullivan. I thought this was really good. Uh, my friend Frank, a co-worker who retired here uh, a year or two ago, um, so he always told me he goes, you know, he goes, I love the Thin Man, I love those movies. There's like a whole bunch of them, the Thin Man, and I had never seen it. And he knew that I liked movies, you know, and that I did this stupid show and <laughs> shit. And uh, but I had never, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know if it was a comedy, if it was like a serious movie or an action movie or what. So anyway, I finally checked it out. I got it on. God Mary, your ears are dirty. You're gonna have to treat your ears. You're getting dirty ears, Mary. Dirty ears, and you're breathing your hot breath on my nipple. Anyway, um, why don't you go lay down? What do you want to do? You want to go outside? You want me to pause this poopy show? Hmm? You want me to pause this poopy show, Mary? Mary? It's 5 o'clock in the morning. you got to be quiet if you go outside. Maybe you see the sun come up. What are you doing? You got to pee? You want to go outside? I'll pause it. Hang on, people. Sometimes, as a father, you have to realize the signals. (laughs) And uh, when out of the blue, the little chubby brown dog comes out of the basement and uh, gets up real close and acts real excited. Either two things are going on. She either has to pee, or she has killed something outside, and she wants to go out and play with it. Uh, I'm thinking, okay, now here's another thing, people. Um, If you have online or whatever uh you've seen this um i found a mouse in my house my name is not klaus um i went down in my basement i used to go down there you know i'd sleep down there on this old bed now the basement er, is just kind of old and crappy uh water came up through the through the drains during a flood one time and i'm not even in the flood zone the damn um whatchamacallit the sewage system the people that were running it were just a bunch of fucking losers and they weren't keeping it up and everything so when we would get a flood uh sometimes the flood water would just back up and in the goddamn i don't know how many fucking years my family's lived in in this house from like the 1930s or 40s or something like that my dad and my uncle george you know i said hey did you guys ever have water come up in the basin no no And not, you know, it would just be like maybe an inch or two of water, but that's enough when it covers the entire goddamn basement floor. So I had to take up all this carpet out of there and everything. So now it's just this fucking uh, concrete floor. Uh, They had put paneling up down there, and my grandma or somebody painted it this lime green. And it looks like something out of the 70s, but I I have a recliner down there on this really old shitty couch that the dogs lay on. Uh, a bed uh, and I have a flat screen TV down there and it's nothing, nothing nice. This cave down there is a dump, but I would go down there cause it's cool and quiet and I could, you know, sleep and I kind of have the windows blacked out and everything. And I haven't been going down there and sleeping and shit, but that's where the dogs sleep. And I went down there the other day and I have a big stainless steel bowl uh, that I put down there for their water and another bowl for their dog food and there was no dog food left and i reached down to get the bowl because i was going to put more dog food in it just so they don't like just eat everything up so there could i could put a bowl of dog food out and they just eat a little bit as they want it so the dog food could be out there for you know a week or whatever um and when i reached down to get the goddamn dog food bowl the water bowl was full of it's a big bowl and there was a mouse in it floating like it had drowned. Like, you know, it had just gotten, maybe it leaped in there. Uh, it Probably if there was a mouse in the house, it was probably going down there and it would go over and get in the dog food bowl and eat dog food. And then when the dog food, when there wasn't any left, maybe it jumped. That's I'm thinking, okay, maybe it jumped in the other bowl thinking it was, or fell in or something. Because it's, it's curved. It's like a mixing bowl. And then it couldn't get out, and it drowned, which made me sad as shit. That's another, honest to god. Now I know I'm stupid, but it de- it made me so depressed because I just am. a – I love animals, and and it just made me sad because it would be like it just looked like a little man that had drowned. It was floating and it, you know face down in the water, and um, but then I thought you know who, Mary could have possibly killed that mouse outside and when I let her in like on a night like tonight I don't look I just open the door and they come in sometimes she goes right down the basement she could have killed a mouse outside and had it in her mouth and carried it in and then was drinking and just dropped it in there but anyway I felt sorry for the fucking mouse anyway little uh jangles or whatever Mr. Mister Jangles Mr. Bojangles. Um so the thin man I watched it and I thought it was f- pretty fucking entertaining it's it's uh uh, myrna lloyd and william powell have a really good chemistry as nick and nora charles and nick charles is a uh famous detective who um sort of kind of retired he just wants to i guess they must have some money because they just stay in a hotel and everything he's kind of like a sherlock holmes kind of guy everybody knows him and everybody you know thinks he's you know kind of like he's a celebrity and they just wanna drink and <laughs> hang out. You know, like I said, it's kinda of like me now, I just want to be left alone. But uh that's kind of the way they are. And it's really lighthearted and funny, even though it's a murder mystery. Like I said, kinda of like a uh a who done it. And then they wrap it up at the end with a big, you know, get together of all the you know, was it uh Colonel Potter in the fucking with the with the candlestick or major numbnuts with the goddamn you know fucking dog brush whatever but i liked it and i i wouldn't mind watching some of the other ones it's like i said it's it's a it's a light-hearted affair but it's you know and uh and um william powell he's one of these guys that he, i guess he's known for uh even though he's a gentleman he's a he's a drunk but he's a gentleman too um he's known for knocking the shit out of people <laughs> Like you wouldn't think it, you uh, looking at him or whatever. But just every once in a while, like if a if a a crumb, uh, what we would call a crumb bum, uh, comes up and gives him any kind of shit or whatever, he's still just like, oh, how are you? Sir? And all of a sudden, clack crock, you know, clack crock, whatever. And they're on their ass, like the Macho Man did to Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Anyway, enough of the Macho Man. That hurts my throat. <laughs> Another drinky-winky, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, Watched uh, some more of Luke Cage. I think it's funny, like, some of these people, as soon as it came out, I mean, like, the next day, they're like, okay, that whole season was pretty good. And I'm just kind of cruising through it, you know, if I watch another episode, you know, I'll catch it here and there once every week or once every couple of weeks or whatever. Um, still, it's pretty good. I, I, um, I was telling one of my friends the other day, I dislike and like it for this reason okay i want there to be more action per episode but i like it that they don't have more action per episode and then it's more character driven and more uh, and it's not just a like uh, Age of Ultron or something where it's just a constant battle and every episode of these guys just beating the shit out of each other. So maybe I would like it more if they stepped it up a little bit more. Uh, uh, But also I like that, you know, because for the most part in season one or in season two you know luke cage has these powers but everybody else is pretty normal so and he just doesn't go around you know beating the fuck out of people so you do have like a uh, like a normal kind of police procedural not police procedural but more of just you know um, the criminals doing their criminal thing the cops doing their cop thing some cops doing their criminal thing (laughs) but it's pretty good and i really do like mike uh colter as luke cage rosario dawson i like her boobies Um uh, she's good she's she's like um what's her face that i was talking about the uh, what's her face eva mendez just that oh she just looks like uh, she has to taste like caramel Nom, nom, nom. Dig it. And then what's her name that plays... I love Misty Knight. I love Misty Knight in the comic books, and I like Misty Knight. I I, I said I love Misty Knight in the comic books, and I said I like Misty Knight in this. I like Misty Knight. Uh, Alfrey Woodard as Mariah. I think it's funny in the comics in the 70s when you had black exploitation in comics. She was known as Black Mariah, and uh, like Goliath, who was... um, Lawrence Fishburne in Ant-Man was known as Black Goliath. Um, And then you have Black Panther. I'm trying to think who else was there other black... uh, where they actually had the word black in their name. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Let's move on. So, so far this episode has been interrupted by poop from two different people. I saw the trailer for this movie and this is a a kind of a heads up. I don't know if any of Yun's guys would want to see this or not, but I thought it looked like kind of like a cool sci-fi movie, which was Il Ilang, the Wolf Brigade from 2018, and this is directed by Kim Ji Woon, uh, pretty pretty popular director in our circles, I believe. Stars uh, Wu Sung Young, Hyo Ju Han, uh, Dong Wan Gang. Uh, so like I said, I, I'm wondering if this is based on. Okay, there is an animated movie that's rated R of the same from 1999, Jinro the Wolf Brigade, and this is Ilang the Wolf Brigade. So let me scroll down here and read something about this motherfucker. This will be exciting for you guys. Well, there's nothing to read, so it really will be exciting for you guys. I was wondering what I was wondering is if this was a, man- a manga. It's uh, South Korean, so I, I don't know if that's just manga. It's just Japanese, maybe. Blip, blip, blip. But I was wondering if this was a graphic novel, comic book, or whatever. But obviously, like I said, they have a uh, a traumatized member of an elite paramilitary police force falls for the sister of a female terrorist courier who died in front of him on duty. And this is... Uh, they didn't really have much of a description of the new film. Comes out in 2018. Age of Shadows. Anybody seen that? Age of Shadows from 2016? Korean resistance fighters smuggle explosives to destroy facilities controlled by Japanese forces in the this period action thriller. That sounds like maybe I have seen that. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Dig. Okay, let's go on. Let's move on. That was just one, like I said, I've just put down some things that I thought maybe Yen Skies might be interested in. Or why interested in checking out uh 1970s tristana uh this was also going down the franco nero uh wormhole uh directed by louis Bunuel, and uh written by julio alejandro louis Bunuel, and it stars the beautiful catherine Deneuve and fernando Rey, um who you will recognize from other movies like uh Leave, Wasn't he in the French connection? Wasn't he Frog One? Fernando. Fernando Rey. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? My voice is fucking shit for Abba this morning. Dig it. It would have been good, I'm telling you, it would have been good. <coughs> Fernando Rey, the great Spanish movie actor, primarily known for his United States role. As Frog one a French Connection. The reason I asked that, I know he's in fucking French Connection, is that when they were hiring for French Connection Friedkin wanted another actor and he's like, yeah, yeah, I want that guy I want that guy, yeah, 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 that's him, I want that guy yeah, 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 yeah the guy I want, and then when Fernando Ray showed up he was like, that's not the guy that's not who I wanted yeah, yeah, this was pretty good uh, it's got it's got some... Uh, well, basically what the deal is here, people. Okay, let me give you a synopsis, and then I'll tell you what I think about it. Shortly after her mother's death, an innocent, youthful woman uh, will find refuge in the household of a middle-aged aristocrat guardian who will submit her to his sexual advances. Okay, now, that's what sold it for me. Because Catherine Deneuve, who I uh, you all know I think is fucking hot and that I want to run my fingers through her fucking hair. Um, and then... He will, for, he will uh, force her to submit. Uh, uh, he, <laughs> he will submit her to his sexual advances. And I thought, okay, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, they got <laughs> it's like the porn where they have the older guy and the younger girl, or vice versa, or whatever. And um, Catherine Deneuve is beautiful in this. Now, of course, she, um, you know it, it's not as. Um, It's not as dirty as uh, they led me to believe. I was baited and switched. It's pretty good though. Um, She, uh, Catherine Deneuve, goes through like this is like I was saying about um, we own the night. This movie could have well. It's over her lifetime because when I think when she meets uh, when her mom dies and she goes to live with Fernando Rey, um, she is like a teenager um, and probably underage. Uh, And so he's like a father to her uh, for the most part at the beginning of the movie. And then as she becomes like uh, Catherine Deneuve, uh, it becomes beautiful and everything. Well, this old fart, he starts looking at her and going, but you know, then you get in that mode where she's kind of like the daughter and the, uh, des- the, the his object of his desires, and then it morphs into something else. And then she meets a Franco Nero, who is like her age and who is uh, at first, now this is what brought up the, uh, the post of Franco Nero with a mustache or without a mustache, is at first when she meets him and he's a struggling artist, Franco no mustache. Then later on, Franco the more mature franco the dashing more mature franco franco with mustache i i will say this i think he he um definitely looks i think he looks better with the mustache um, when he does not have the mustache there is definitely more of a uh, um look like a, uh, when you hear people say that he and terrence um what the fuck's that motherfucker's name hmm. terrence I want to say terrence young it's not terrence young and it's not terrence <laughs> off the top of my head i just can that thing. uh terrence hill okay i wanted to say terrence young and then i wanted to say terrence trent darby kissing like a bandit stealing time underneath the sycamore terrain. couldn't get the uh couldn't get the uh vocal fry going there that you need with uh cupid Bobby awesome valentine to my sweet lula and me slowly i i washed all the fucking phlegm out of my throat god damn it makes me mad let me tell you something people i'm not ashamed to say i was a big fan of terence trent darby I, I like that whole fucking, that, that, uh, that, uh, Wishing Well fucking album, man. I liked every song on that. He had a great voice. Just got a little, you know, probably, maybe a little too big for his britches or something, and they had to put him in his place. I don't know, but I thought he was, I thought he had a really good voice. Could dance and all that shit. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Terrence Trent Darby's coming out of my throat. What? Um, okay, let's get out of this silliness that's not funny. Um, breaking bad i'm on the final season so i'm just kind of uh what do you call it um i am uh savoring the the final episodes for myself for myself uh mr white uh mr white and uh he dealt with some some like you know when um uh, uh michael corleone he uh dealt with all the family business well mr white mr white uh mr white i can't say mr white I say, Mister White, like uh, Stewie on fucking South Park. Um, so now we're getting more of the uh, Saul Goodman and um, fucking what's his face, uh, Mike, and uh, Mister White and uh, Jesse. I wish Skyler would go fuck herself. <laughs> She, she, I don't know. Whatever. I'm not even gonna make any comments. Um, see the first part of the show about some of this stuff. Uh, I love this show; it's really good, and I can't wait for another season of uh, Better Call Saul to come out on Netflix so I can watch it. Because I know this is uh, the saga of uh, Walter White. Miss Walter White is coming to an end, and Jesse Pickman and, uh But anyway, I really, um, I, I. It's like Mad Men. I took a long time uh, uh, to watch that, and. Um, you know when everybody tells you after the fact like fargo you know this is the best show on tv or whatever um yeah they're probably when you hear that from everybody they're probably not wrong i uh, did watch uh, the center with uh, jessica Beale and her butt uh created by Derek simmons i thought this was going to be a movie it was a series it's a series season 2 premieres wednesday august 1st and i have only watched the first episode of season 1 um Jessica Biel has bangs. She has dark hair. I thought they were going to fuck me in this and uh the way they were shooting it at, in the first episode, she was at the beach with her her uh uh husband and their little kid and she said I'm going to go swimming and walk toward the water and they kept the camera like right above the crack of her butt. So it's like okay, it's going to be one of those things where Jessica Biel's the serious actress now and we're not they're going to purposefully not show her glorious ass. Well, that didn't last long. (laughs) It wasn't anything great. I mean, not that it doesn't look good, but, uh, you know, it's not like, maybe they shouldn't, I don't know. But anyway, um, I like her butt. I'd like to hit it with a fucking uh, flip-flop, a ping-pong paddle, or a fucking rowboat oar. (laughs) So anyway, um, let's see. Let's get off this. Bill Pullman's in this. And and he has... His character is an odd duck. Uh, the turn that it took with Bill Pullman's character... Apparently, this show is really good. And it's gotten some, you know, really criti- critical praise? Whatever. Uh, like, see, right now is the time where I would go to the store. But I just went to the store. I've went to the store, like, every goddamn day this week. Uh, for prescriptions, for, you know... There's just one girl that works there, and I was kind of hoping to see her and her big butt. But I haven't seen it in a while, so whatever. Let's see. We need to talk about Kevin. Rolf watched this. This was directed by Lynn Ramsey. Written and directed by Lynn Ramsey. And Rory Stewart Kinnear. Rory Kinnear? Rory Kinnear? Maybe this is like a son or something. I know Rory Kinnear. Rory Kinnear. Tilda Swinton, John C. Riley, Ezra Miller. I thought this was really good. Apparently Rolf thought not that good. Um I thought it was disturbing content, but I liked the um I liked the the angle that it took on the subject matter of the parent. And uh Tilda Swinton's always good. Um uh, she still looks like a bird, which is alright. She's a good acting bird. Uh, who else is in this? I haven't seen it in a while. I watched it the one time. It's kind of disturbing and very depressing. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. That was just a Rolf thing I wanted to throw in there because uh, he—I don't think he hated it. I just don't think he thought it was that great. I thought it was really good. Gee, <laughs> you. Uh, when you click on the rampage page for uh, IMDb, it has lots of stuff on it, including some animated gorilla. Uh, Rampage from 2018, uh, directed by Brad Payton, written by Ryan Engel uh, and Carlton Coos, starring Dwayne Johnson, uh, Naomi Harris, Malin Ackerman, who is an okay heel, but she's another one. She reminds me of that girl that plays... Oh, what's her name? (laughs) Maria Hill in The Avengers that I was just talking about. Kobe Smolder. Sort of the same thing, just dull as dishwater. Dull as dishwater. Uh, dull. She wasn't bad in this, but meh. Dull as dishwater. Jeffrey Dean Morgan just fucking steals every scene and chews it up. Joe Manganello. Joe Manganello. Joe Manganello. Joe Manganello um i liked him in this and there were a couple of reasons i like him so far in most of the, the only things that i've seen him in but i also like what happened to him in this. <laughs> um you got uh, oh uriah faber he's a ufc guy uh did not know that he was i maybe i just didn't realize it was him because i think he had his head shaved or something uh, this is a silly, fun movie. Um, again, like when I was talking about Bruce Willis in, uh, Die Hard 2, or The Meg uh, with Statham, or, and movies like that, Godzilla and stuff like that, which Godzilla, the next Godzilla movie is coming out. It's got the, uh, 11 from Stranger Things, um, is the star, uh, and it looks, I thought it looked good. Um. I thought this was good. I used to play this game. I thought this was entertaining. Uh, and it had some really silly shit. The Rock knows what he's doing. He knows what kind of movie this is and everything. But there was like a a, a one part at least. There was a few parts. But there was one part in this where I was just like, you know, oh, that's nice. Uh, and it has to do with uh, somebody getting shot. And then just kind of like, <laughs> It was like in the old movies when uh you know, back in the old movie somebody would get shot and you're like, God damn, John Wayne just got shot and it'd be like, Oh, it's just a flesh wound He'd just fucking put like a bandana on it or uh, what was the one in uh I wanted to say the girl with the dragon tattoo <laughs> <laughs> wear plaid, which is totally different from the girl with the dragon tattoo where uh I don't know if it was Bernadette Peters or who it was, uh Steve Martin got shot and she had to suck the bullet out. <laughs> but this is pretty good it's a it's a dumb fun giant monster movie and uh so anyway it's not like the greatest goddamn movie in the world but it's stupid but it's it's stupid in a fun way i think kids would like this and i always root for the uh mammals i like mammals i like fur uh well in certain situations like on a gorilla but not on my uh I, you know, I don't know if it's a sexist to say or whatever, because I kind of have some hair on me. Uh, and, of course, the older I get, the gray, the hair is becoming gray, and I'm starting to get hair on my... Sh- I have actually... I, I, I look back now, and I think, oh, my God, here's a picture of me at the beach, and I did not have a hair on my upper body. And now it's just fucking... It's not like... Um, I'm trying to think who's really hairy. Like, George the Animal Steel? Like, Mikey, I think, says he's more like a... Like, you know, some guys... We had the guy I worked with, they called him the Turtle. and But I don't know why, because he was like... He had fur like a Chaka in Land of the Lost on his body. And he would have to shave his... When he would shave his face, he would shave all the way down to his um, collarbones. Because it was fur. It was like that girl in that fucking Swedish movie I was just talking about. Like fucking fur. Um I have a guy I work with now that has a kind of reddish body hair and he got a full sleeve tattoo and hey, but he's got like it's like fur yeah. but you know, that's fine but I like a nice smooth um, woman and, and I remember back in the day I dated a girl and, and this was from a different generation because nowadays it seems like everybody gets waxed or shaves and all this and that but from like my generation and back it was like You know, uh, women would not want to, and I'm not even going to say landscape, I'm going to say nuke their fucking pubic hair uh, like they do now where it's just as smooth as fucking uh, linoleum or whatever. (laughs) But I I literally remember girls saying that if a guy liked a girl with a shaved vagina or, well, I don't even think they had waxing back then, that that meant that they were a pedophile because they wanted an underage girl. And I would have to explain to them, I was like, listen, I'm not trying to be crude. That's a that's a really large leap there. I don't want to have sex with a five to whatever age girl. I want to not have hair in my mouth when I am yodeling in the canyon. Um, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, like, I was just in there sleeping a little while ago watching Roller Derby or getting ready to doze off. And Chief's laying on the goddamn carpet. And he is like either licking himself or whatever, and I'm just thinking, how in the fuck can you just lick, lick, lick that goddamn fur, and you get a hair in your mouth? One fucking pubic hair in the back of my throat can... I wouldn't say it would kill the moment, because in my day, there was nothing that would kill the fucking moment. But when you're down there, and the girl's like, you know she's not looking at you she's kind of laying back and enjoying everything and you have to subtly reach up take your thumb and your index finger go put it almost all the way in the back of your fucking throat (coughs) and try not to gag audibly like i just did uh now my eyes are watering um you know, if it's nice and, you know, if there's nothing there and you can just get to the bits, the, the good part, you know, you don't have to fight through the goddamn, okay, like if there was a, if there was a goddamn, um uh, fucking, I was going to say a T-bone steak, but say there was a hot fudge sundae and you had to lick it through a goddamn, <laughs> I started out thinking a chain link fence. Or like a bunch of briars or something like that and then I thought, okay, if you had to if you had a hot fudge sundae, but they made the hot fudge sundae inside a a bowl that was full of pubic <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I uh, get you think I get the point. And then I also this is another one. I had a girl that told me if a guy wanted to have anal sex with a girl, that meant he was gay. And I'm like, no, okay, now listen to me, follow closely. If I want to have anal sex with a man, that means I'm gay. If I want to put any part of my body, uh, uh, like you know, that you would use for sex inside a woman, that does not mean I'm gay. Uh, and I wasn't even asking her that. She was talking about because you know, goddamn, especially back in the day. It it's another back in the day. Now, Jesus Christ, the girl will grab your thing and fucking put it there. Um, um back in the day, you knew uh, you knew that that you were never going to get that. <laughs> I mean, that's like the shaved pubic hair back in the day. You know, they may trim during the summer. But for the most part, you're going to get the 70s, you know, whatever. Which, you know, it was all good back then, because, you know, but, you know, you always want something else or something different. Uh, whatever. How did we get on that? We're talking about... What were we talking... What movie were we just talking about? Oh, Rampage. So when I was rampaging in this girl's vagina... Anyway. I uh, watched uh, from 2017, You Were Never Really Here. Uh, and this stars Joaquin Phoenix, Judith Roberts, and... Akatarina Samsonov. Uh, This was a really good movie. Loaf saw this, and he wouldn't tell me anything, and I didn't want to know anything, but he was very tight-lipped under that mustache. His lips were tight, and they they weren't shaved. (laughs) Uh, This was directed and written by Lynn Ramsey and John Ames, based on the book by John Ames. Jonathan Ames, I'm sorry. Some people want to be, like people would call like sometimes a girlfriend or something would call me jonathan and my name isn't even it's not jonathan it's not like i'm cutting it short and i'm embarrassed that it's jonathan i wouldn't be embarrassed because james con was jonathan in roller fuck was that movie called not roller derby (laughs) god damn it you brain you ain't worth a shit (laughs) What the hell was that called? I'm still I'm still searching before I find it, before I actually have to have help. It was Rollerball. Okay, I found it. I just saw a picture of James Bond. James Bond's old <laughs> James Con. James Bond. Goddamn James Bond. James Conn as James Bond would have been kind of well, oh Daniel Craig can do it. He's kind of a little little rough and tumble pit bull. Uh, anyway. You were never really here. Um, I didn't know anything about it. Apparently, it's based on a novel. Uh, when I first started watching it, I thought, okay, Joaquin Phoenix, you know, he's kind of into doing weird shit sometimes. And in this one, he's got a long beard and long hair, and he's kind of fat and everything. And, uh, but it ended up being a pretty goddamn hardcore, badass uh, movie. I'm trying to think what along the lines of what I. Wait a minute. Go to hello little bitch. Um. That wasn't anything I was trying to log into my computer. I wasn't talking to somebody. Um, the, um, what the hell was that movie with Sh- Sam Shepard? Sam Shep. And let me look this one up, because this is very important t- to the story. Story. Uh, where you wake up in the morning, and you hear a work bell ring we're coming marching to the table see the same old thing cold in july Uh, it's like that this is kind of like how that movie this one's a little bit more um maybe a little bit more artsy fartsy than cold in july but it's sort of the same uh feel and the same nastiness I did not expect this at all uh, and did not know what it was about and I'm not going to tell you what it's about but you need to see this. You like, motherfucker! You like! You better like it. Yeah, you better. Uh, 2018. See, I don't want to say anything more. I, I like that movie um, with Keanu. Keanu! <laughs> <What> the fuck the <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. I literally had to click back. To see Joaquin Phoenix. Keanu Reeves. I watched a movie that I'm not losing my mind. Keanu Reeves is the next movie I watched called Siberia. Um, directed by Matthew Ross. Steve, <laughs> Stephen... Stephen Hamill and Scott B. Smith. Keanu Reeves, Boris Gulyaren, Ashley St. George. Who else is in this? There's a lot of uh, Eastern European or Russian people in this. This is like um, Seagal... Or, uh, I'm trying to think some other people that have, uh, been making a lot of movies like in Eastern European countries or in Russia, in Russia, which some of them are really good, pretty good movies. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. I've heard some people say that they didn't like it. I liked it. Um, uh, Pasha D. Liknikov, Okay. Pasha D. Likinov. He reminded me of somebody, maybe my uncle Jerry. I'm not sure. But, um, <clears throat> I thought this was pretty good. I, I, uh, it was different than what I expected it to be. It had a lot more sex in it. It kind of reminded me of like Seagal when he would make these movies. And I said that, uh, I think he puts it in the contract that he has to, uh, be able to, uh, have nude sex scenes with a younger girl and uh, in this movie, uh, Keanu Reeves and this uh, his love interest, uh, Screw, several times, uh, very passionately. And um, after the fact, they're laying there. And I was thinking about this the other day. I was never a smoker. But you always see in the movies like when people get done having really passionate sex and they roll off each other. And they're like, and they're sweating and everything. And they're laying there and they're just kind of like have a little chuckle about how fucking vile they were. <laughs> and, like, pull out a cigarette and they sit there and just smoke like it's the goddamn greatest fucking thing in the world. The greatest cigarette in the world. It's like cigarette, coffee and cigarettes and fucking and cig- <laughs> anal and cigarettes. <laughs> I don't want to, I, I don't know. I've never smoked. I've smoked a cigarette, like, a couple of times. Uh, You know, just, like, one night when we were really t- tired and trying to stay up for about 30 fucking hours in a cafe. And, um trying to think what other time but only like a couple times and it wasn't like something where you know I was like oh my god I'm addicted oh, I gotta have it um but um I don't know I just something I I remember the the cigarette tongue breath or not, not breath the cigarette tongue um I went out with At least, well, even going back to like junior high, I remember the little, you know, junior high girls, and uh, you know, it was cool to smoke, and they'd be smoking. So it went back as far as that. But I vividly remember two girls that I dated as as an adult that smoked, and their tongue is um, very dry. It wasn't as much the flavor of the cigarette or whatever; they just had like a dry tongue. I like a wet tongue, <laughs> a moist tongue would be that's what I, I really say. you know right in the middle of the kiss, just stop and go a moist tongue would be nice, uh so anyway, you know you gotta you gotta, you gotta you gotta deal with stuff like that, and then I also remember like the uh the drunk breath, like when somebody's really -'cause I don't drink somebody's really shit face and they have that really drunk breath. oh, and the coffee breath like a kiss kissing a girl. Or being real close to them that's been drinking coffee and you're and they're hot and you like having like relations with them, sexual relations, kissing and everything. But their breath, that coffee breath. Now when I'm at work, when I drink coffee, I drink like one cup a night and that's it. I don't drink any coffee at home anymore or anything. And I'm conscious of that because one of my girlfriends drank coffee all the time and she had that coffee breath. And um, um, I'm conscious of like if I'm talking to my friend Gina at work and I go over to tell her something, I'll face forward and I won't get closer. And I'm trying to whisper, I'm like, hey, did you see so and so over there? But uh, she's she's probably like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> or <laughs> cover my mouth. Up. I said, I just I just was drinking coffee. I don't want to fucking put you through you know that. But anyway, Siberia I thought it was pretty good. I like Keanu Keanu's like Statham, but Statham is more just the action Statham guy. Even though killer elite wasn't as much just action it had action scenes in it but it was more um drama keanu i like keanu Uh, that's what i'm trying to say i'll watch anything that keanu's in and i'll watch uh anything that who's the other one that i was saying the other day that i anything that they come out with well vigo of course uh probably clive owen I thought, if, for a brief moment, I was like that with Tom Hardy, but like I said, I just don't think he's that great. I think he's got a good look, and that gruff, you know, hunched shoulder, big traps, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, well, I'm a very dangerous man. Very dangerous. Very dangerous man. I don't know. He just kind of, he, he's kind of going into the goddamn fucking Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel and, um, what's who we call it? mark Wahlberg mode no he's not there yet that's saying something i don't know but i like keanu i think i would like to hang out with keanu i think he'd be a cool dude i like the kind of more cerebral dudes like keanu and vigo yeah maybe talk about some poetry or something (laughs) do a little uh jujitsu and talk about like uh poetry and shit Nah, I don't know, whatever. I'm just being a douchehead. I started uh, on on YouTube. They have audiobooks on there, full length audiobooks. And they had like a. Oh, uh, what's the Philip K. Dick uh, one that they just turned into a miniseries? Is it Man in the High Castle? That's off the top of my head. I'm not looking it up. But yeah. But anyway, they had uh, Man with the Golden Gun. And I was sitting there doing something i can't remember in the house and i had never read any james bond books <clears throat> and of course they're written for the you know the older ones the, or- the original ones uh were written back in the day so you know you have that uh that style would be like uh you know reading a mickey spillane novel you know from back in you know in the 40s or the 50s or whatever um and i like that because you know man with the golden gun which is the one that i was listening to i have in mind christopher lee and you know uh rajamar Ro- and and you know that cast of characters but then when you uh read or listen to a book on t- uh audiobook um and you hear the idea of what these people were supposed to be like, or what they were supposed to even look like, like man with the golden gun was supposed to be, uh, like a redheaded guy. Um, and also the gun, you know, they made it more like a modern looking gun, which now it's like the old cars from like the, like a TR seven or something, or a a black moon rising. And with Tommy Lee Jones, that car they had, you look back at it, it was supposed to be so futuristic looking, but it looks stupid. Um, compared to now it's like the golden gun and man with the golden gun looked pretty like clunky and like a. it was gold but it just looked like something they put together with an erector set and um it looked on the on the artwork for the book cover and everything i think the golden gun was like a uh like a 45 colt uh like a western style gun and this guy was supposed to be almost like a a, a guy who practiced that quick quick draw uh kind of a deal um like a, in the Old West or something. It's kind of like what. I, and he had a pencil thin mustache, sort of like Clark Gable. Dig it. And uh, anyway, but I I kind of liked it. I wanna I want to uh, either read or again listen to the audio books in the car or something like that of these old James Bond novels because you get so much more and you see how Hollywood, you know, whether the novel say was written in the fifties or sixties and then uh, they change it because the movies made in the seventies or not only that, but just the little character things. It's like the Godfather book. Uh, if you go back and, and they, and some of these people have carried on the, the Godfather story in novels that weren't, you know, like Mario Puzo, uh, written or <clears throat> involved novels, but they give like the backstories to like Luca Brazzi or, uh, um, Oh, what was his name? The one character that, um, was michael's luca brazzi uh, i can't remember what his name is he's the one that was he had been a former cop and he um he is the one that dresses like a cop at the end when they take care of all the family business and shoots the mafioso on the court courthouse steps uh mama mama mia baby's got to die <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mamma mia, baby's got the diarrhea. What was his name? I like that guy, that character, the, the guy that plays that part too. Kind of looked him up. Alex Rocco was good as Mo Green. Somebody, somebody, oh, a guy, I was going to say, I thought it was somebody online, but one of my uh, co-workers brought up Mo Green the other day out of the blue, and I'm like, hey, I know who that is. Uh, Mo Green. Uh, let's see. Where the fuck is this motherfucker at in here? I, can, uh, I can't find uh, you got the Fredo, uh, yeah, the Tom Hagen, and not the Tom Hagen, of course. Uh, Bonasara. hey Bonasara. Uh, Polly, Polly was a dick. Uh, yay, 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 where are you at? Maybe I should have looked in the other one, number two. God damn, this makes me mad when I can't find someone. This motherfucker should be right up here somewhere. Uh, blah, blah 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 blah. Well, how about this? Since I can't remember, the- oh, okay, okay, okay. Wait a minute. I, I thought I was lo- <laughs> I, I need to look at the character names. I'm going to re- recognize that before. I- uh, Nazarene, Bruno Tataglia. I know who Bruno Tataglia was. Neri. Okay, yeah. Richard Bright as Neri. Uh, he was the one that uh, he became Michael's uh, what you call. Uh, he became Michael's Luca Brazzi. He was a former uh, cop or whatever, and then I guess he turned. And then the, the backstory of Luca Brazzi and all the shit that he did, ugh, that was nasty. But that's what I was going to say. Like some of those novels and stuff, it's kind of cool that you can get, like, a, even if, like I said, uh, Mario Puzo might not have uh, been the writer of some of these other Godfather uh, non um, canon fiction. But it's kind of cool to, this, you know, for people to come up with uh, like backstories and stuff like that. That just adds to adds to your experience. You know, your experience make it more uh, fulfilling. Get off that, you dumb Polak! <laughs> Titans trailer came out. Uh, some people are poo pooing on it. Some people are saying it's great. Um, of course, you had to throw in the fuck Batman uh, from Robin and uh, like they're ever going to have that in a trailer on tv i don't think so i don't uh of course i know robin who else is there raven robin uh beast boy see i never followed the uh the teen titans now they're just calling them the titans because i guess they're too old to be the Teen titans uh but i never followed them but you know I'll i'll probably see it I'm, i haven't been that thrilled with the last few of these dc deals do RIPD uh rest in peace police department was on um television the other day and of course I turned it on I don't know it's stupid but it's you know I like I said Justin and I went to see it uh it uh, I don't know if it was a horror hound or what it was and uh you know so that was an experience plus I like the cast Robert Knapper, I always like him uh who else is in this fucking thing of course Jeff Bridges was excellent Ryan Reynolds He didn't do it for me in this. His eyes are too close together or something. And Kevin Bacon, he was good. He was a dick. But I don't want, you know, Mary Louise Parker, I thought she was hot with them little white boots on, go-go boots. Marissa Miller, she was Jeff Bridges, (laughs) which was kind of funny, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Let's not linger on that because it wasn't that good. Willem Dafoe turned 64, one of my favorite actors. I'll watch him in anything. Again, that's another one that uh, Toga. Let's see what Willem Dafoe's got coming up. Maybe I'll get a surprise and I'll be able to share it with my friends. <clears throat> Will M., and his actual name is William. I guess his brother couldn't say William, so he said Willem all the time. And that's how they got that. He actually admitted to that. Dig it we got uh, the last thing man i really liked that uh one with uh, the florida project i thought that was really good now I, let's see what let's see what ones i'm missing with willem defoe here what happened to monday i saw that that was good that was new mirror pace uh opus zero i don't think maybe i did see did i see that Paul, a composer, retreats to a remote village where his father recently passed away looking for inspiration. A sudden obsession with the fate of a woman who disappeared 30 years ago will prove more dangerous than he ever imagined. I never saw that. S- that's got a 6.3 IMDb. Uh, uh, Willem's been working. Well, okay, you have like a voice actor there and then he plays Vince- Vincent Van Gogh Vincent Mango, in, uh, at Eternity's Gate that's coming out this year. Who's in that daddy-o la 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 oscar isaac oh okay mads mickelson cool rupert friend this is a nice cast i might have to go see this you know what i'm saying uh, who does mads play doesn't say willem defoe is vincent van Gogh. rupert friend is theo van Gogh, and oscar isaac as paul gauguin gauguin <laughs> Goguin. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, it's not spelled like I thought it would be. Uh, he's an Aquaman. Gugween. <laughs> <Go> <laughs> the lighthouse. Let's see, what's the lighthouse? Is that the one like Joe Brenner and Kirk Douglas? That would be cool. It's not. Story of an aging lighthouse keeper named Old, who lives in a early twentieth century in lives in early twentieth century Maine. Who the fuck is a uh... Oh, is Dolph Lundgren in the uh, Aquaman movie? Apparently, that was off to the side there, Daddy O. Lighthouse has a uh, Robert Pattinson in it from those shitty movies. Motherless Brooklyn. Motherless children have a heart. That's directed by Ed Norton. My voice is cracking and uh, just full of stuff. Now, what's this? Motherless Brooklyn. This is directed by Ed Norton, who I have said here recently. You know, you never hear anything from Ed Norton anymore. Set against the backdrop of 1950s New York. Okay, that's cool already. Uh, motherless Brooklyn follows Lionel Esrog, a lonely private detective afflicted with Tourette's Syndrome, as he ventures to solve the murder of his mentor and only friend, Frank Mina. Now, Frank Mina, who is the guy's mentor, is Bruce Willis. Leslie Mann... Bobby Cannavale, who I like in everything. Uh, Ed Norton, of course, he's directing himself, so he's Lionel Esrog. Alec Baldwin is in this. Gugu Mbatha-ra. Willem Dafoe. Cherry Jones. Baby love me, yes, 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 she does. My, my, my. Girl is out of sight, Yeah little Neil Diamond for all of you to throw up with that don't like Neil Diamond, but I like him. Uh, Last Thing He Wanted, 2019. Directed by Dee Reese, Starring Anne Hathaway, who I'm in love with. Love her. She's my girlfriend now. That's why I don't need anybody. Ben Affleck and Willem Dafoe. What's this, a boot? Journalist quits her newspaper job and becomes an arms dealer for a covert government agency. Hmm. That's kind of not what I expected. Anne Hathaway with those big teeth brown eyes meow. Toby Jones is also in this Rosie Perez can't stand her voice is uh, on sale now at Sears that might be alright Kind of, I like Anne Hathaway I just like watching her smile I don't know I'm a douche I deserve what I get uh, so Willem Dafoe turned 64 let's see what's the highlights I, I think I already did like a thing where what I liked about him movies I liked with him the most but I'm going to just look real quick here of course, well John Wick, I like that movie. He was okay in it as Marcus. I never did see the Pasolini movie and everybody tells me don't even you're not missing anything, don't worry about it. Uh la 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 la. where is the good Okay, the Hunter, one of my favorites. Um uh... mm, no, you got to make noise, Johnny. Antichrist made me cringe not one of my favorites uh so we have the hunter and uh, he was good in inside man he had a small part in that with uh clive owen and that girl with the big boobs and jodie foster who does not have big boobs um bring me willem where are you, Willem? I thought I liked you. Okay, autofocus, of course. I he was that was a good movie, but and I've watched that a bunch of times, haven't seen it in a long time, but I wouldn't put it on like my favorite. So The Hunter so far is my favorite. Uh, Animal Factory was really good. We've reviewed that on the show. Um and of course, he was in American Psycho again. That was just kind of a side part there. Uh good movie, but not like a good uh, not like, you know, a Willem movie. I would say so far, like right now, I liked him in that uh, motorcycle movie, and like I said, even like Bobby Peru, he was like great in that. But it's not like you know, just Willem Dafoe, "Temptation of Christ," uh, I, "Mississippi Burning" again. He was young in that uh, platoon. He was great in that. Still, I liked that one, um, "The Loveless," "The Loveless," and "The Hunter." Uh, And again, like Streets of Fire, I love that movie. And I thought he was great in it. But if I had to pick, so, uh, and like uh, To Live and Die in L.A., that wasn't like his movie. He was the great as the bad guy. So let's go with uh, The Loveless and The Hunter. So they're real far apart, like one of his first movies and one of his newer movies. Willem Dafoe, 64. Cool guy. Uh, Most Likely to Murder from 2018. This was like a 99-cent rental comedy. Uh, It looks like kind of an indie comedy. Uh, director is dan gregor uh, and he wrote it too with doug mand stars vincent Vincent, uh, carthizer rachel bloom and adam pally okay now the one dude let's see what was his name billy's mom Uh, lowell lowell is vincent carthizer and he was on mad men he was you know Okay, Don. Whatever you say, Don. You know the the little swarmy guy that was in the office that kind of grew on you. Adam Pally is the, basically the main main uh, schlub in this, who comes back to his hometown and is still a schlub, but he tries to portray that he's not. He's in love with his ex girlfriend, and he can't stand the fact that she's with Lowell with the with the tiny pole. Uh, which there's a funny thing about that. Uh, this was pretty good. It's not like the greatest fucking movie in the world, but for an independent movie, it made me laugh. So if you want to check it out, I would say, you know, you, you for 99-cent rental or if you can get it for free, it's worth a look. It'll, it made me chuckle. Uh, Under the Skin from 2013. Uh, this was directed by Jonathan Glazer and written by Walter Campbell and Jonathan Glazer, and it stars Scarlett Johansson and her her body um, anyway this sort of reminded me of almost like a 2001 a space odyssey kind of a movie um, it's a science fiction movie it's not some, uh, uh, your normal science fiction movie and it is definitely interesting um, again I like Scarlett I would date her I think she would be funny she would get tired of me after a while, like everybody, but uh, she would be fun to snuggle with, and she would give fond memories that you could look back on and be like, man. <sighs> so anyway, a mysterious young woman seduces lonely men in the evening hours in Scotland, however events uh, lead her to begin a process of self-discovery. Uh, Scarlet kind of drives around in this van, and uh, she sees like somebody walking down the street, and she starts talking to him. and and then this black goo comes out of my ass Um, I thought this was good Uh, as far as being interesting the story is something different Um, I need to process it and probably watch it again again from a fucking scumbag dude thing um i like scar to of course seeing Scarlett i think she's really cute and i think she is vivacious and i would probably follow her in as the fucking black goo is coming up my fucking ankles to my knees to my waist and up over my nose um and it's you know i'm not just it's that's just not that's nothing about the movie it's a small part and that's just me being a goof but, um, there were some disturbing things in this movie. That, um, there was one with a little child on a rocky beach. Hang on, I gotta scratch my ear, which means I have to pull my headphone away. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> How you guys been doing? Um,. There were some disturbing Im- imagery in this, and Scarlet's ass was not one of them. Um, again, I can't say like uh, like Rolf and some people like that this was the uh, you know a, uh, a masterpiece and everything. I, I just can't say that yet. I just watched it the other day, and again, I think it's something I did not know what to expect, and it definitely got me that way and got me interested and kept me interested because of that i can see like bad james i think said uh, under the meh or something like that <laughs> i can see where some people even like with um 2001 and things like that that are visual and strange to us and things like that that um how people could feel that way uh somebody once said you know some people like poetry and some people like you know comic books or something that's more straight not just comic books cuz i don't want to say it's some you know you're childish if you can't appreciate this right i don't want to even give that impression i'm just saying some people like a novel or a book or music that's more straightforward uh whereas this is more of a um i don't know if i would say experimental but it's definitely different and it's definitely it it makes you think and it um it's like looking it's like going to an art gallery and looking at something more abstract instead of something that is more you know uh straightforward i guess is what i'm saying but like i said i want to watch this again i want to set it down for a little bit and then go back and watch it again and it's free on netflix so i'll be able to do that <laughs> whenever i want sorry <coughs> I watched uh, 2017. Let me check the time here on this motherfucker. Well, we're close to two. We might get it under two, but then I got some questions that I asked like a dumb asshole. (laughs) I watched Thumper from 2017, also on Netflix, um, directed and written by Jordan Ross, starring Eliza Taylor, Pablo Schreiber, who you will know uh, if you see him and you don't know his name, and Lena Headey. I like Lena Headey, so I would watch just probably about anything she's in, which I had said before. Pablo Schreiber is growing on me. Uh, he has a strange thing with his mouth that, almost like uh, Christian Bale's teeth, not that they're similar, but there's just something that I I stare at his mouth, the way he holds his mouth, or the way his teeth are, like Christian Bale when he smiles. Uh, there's something I can't figure out about his mouth, and Pablo Schreiber, I can't figure out something about his mouth too. Uh, Eliza Taylor, who is new to me, I believe, in this, uh, kind of reminds me of an old girlfriend. Not the one I was talking about at the beginning of the show. But this girl has some big boobies. <laughs> Doesn't have anything to do with the movie. They don't talk about it or anything like that. But I I was I was like, wow, I think she might have some big boobies. And then as you watch the movie, you're like, yeah, maybe she has some big boobies. <laughs> Lena Headey in this, I would like to see her character like they did the uh Rock and Jason Statham as a spin-off. She plays a cop in this and um I would like to see her in more stuff like this cuz I thought she was really good. And she is attractive to me in a, in just some different way. Um I love her lips. Mm. Holy cannoli. Um now Thumper is pretty good. I was it was better than I thought it would be. It was different and it was uh, well it, I was telling somebody at work they said well what's it you know what's it about just in a in a uh, kind of a give me an idea and I said well you know like a um, mod squad with if you're old with Peggy Lipton and uh and uh, Michael what was it Michael Cole and um Link Hayes who the fuck was Link Hayes I can't remember now. Uh Clarence Hilton jacob no that was fucking uh mod squad clarence williams the third i was clarence i was thinking of fucking uh what's his name from the sweat hogs (laughs) uh clarence williams third was link hayes but anyway uh sort of like that or a um 21 jump street kind of a thing except 21 jump street was a lot more you know of course uh 80s and not as dark and dirty and nasty uh, but when you take a um, a cop who is very young, young enough looking that they can pass as a high school uh, student, and you have them go back and like go to the high school and be there and get involved with the people that are, you know, the drugs and shit like that, trying to find the source of the, you know, trying to find the Walter White... But not Walter White, because these are more low-budget. Low Walter White uh, was... Um, you know, he was more up there and uh, a chemist and everything else. Uh, and they were doing some Major League shit with some, you know... It was like some fucking you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, industrial stuff. Uh, whereas this is like the bathtub making meth kind of crap. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. And I was telling a friend at work, I said, there's no way that I could be like an undercover person like this because, uh, I would have, I would have to shit constantly. And my stomach would be upset. Uh, like I have to show. Right now." Again. <laughs> um i listened to paleo cinema podcast with terry frost uh the other day i i just again i'm saying this to everybody all my friends that uh you know that you know i i talk about their podcasts or i you know say hey listen to paleo cinema martian martian driving uh you know uh suplex multiplex gentleman's guide to midnight cinema talk without rhythm um oh my gosh i hate leaving anybody out um see here podcast just like you know like but but basically what i'm saying is is i just have gotten away from listening to podcasts and and i used to say i've gotten away from listening to podcasts because i listened to my news podcast and some uh, you know some wrestling podcasts maybe hockey or something like that now i'm not listening to any hardly i mean nothing uh i'm so burnt out and disgusted with fucking politics and everything that's going on here and uh and it just makes me feel bad makes me sick to my stomach that you know some of the shit that's going on which it's not you know uh, i don't even want to get into talking about it because like i said it just churns up you know it just makes you want to vomit because you're uh i hate to say it but you feel helpless and i know you know well you vote in the next election and every election and everything but then when they're talking about fixing the elections and doing voter uh suppression and stuff like that it's just but anyway i don't want to get into that um but I've just been listening to music mostly, and you know stuff like that. Um, but I was listening to Paleo Cinema podcast with Terry Frost, and uh, he turned me on to a movie called The Strangler from 1964, uh, ri- directed by Bert Topper, Bert Toppa, uh, written by Bill S. Ballinger, and it stars uh, Victor Buono, Buono, uh, who you've seen in lots of different things. Uh, he played King Tut in uh, Batman. Uh, T V show with uh Adam West. But again, um don't want to get into it too much because I, you know, definitely go and listen to Paleo Cinema Podcast. Uh it's probably one of the best, if not the best, uh going uh that I listen to. Um Love his passion for movies. I uh, love how he can, uh, Terry goes out and finds these movies that uh, I have never fucking heard of or some of them that I've forgotten about. And I love his passion for the music in the movies. And uh, and uh, uh, just does an awesome show. Very professional. And uh, he is, <laughs> it's not, again, not a silver and gold uh of uh, crap fest of pubic hair in a hot fudge sundae in a mason jar sh- that's been shaken up um anyway so check out the paleo cinema podcast he's put out uh oh my god he's been going forever now it seems like and um but not but not only that what i was going to say was uh the strangler episode um he's there's been several episodes since then that's just one that uh had downloaded to my ipod so i listened to it and um Again, uh, that movie, and then comparing it to um, the Boston Strangler movie with Tony Curtis. Uh, again, just check out the episode; it's really good. It's it's uh, it, you'll you'll learn a lot. But th- that's like some movie podcasts. If I haven't seen the movie, I don't want to listen until I've seen the movie. But Terry does it in such a way that. It makes me want to see the movie instead of going through step-by-step step everything that happened in the movie and kind of spoiling it maybe more. He doesn't really spoil it as much as he just, you know, he talks about the movie, he talks about the people in the movie, the story behind the movie, what was going on behind the scenes, and things like that, Just that just interests me and make me... And, and just the time period of movies that he covers or the kind of movies that I want to... You know, I think I've seen a lot of movies, but when you can come up with stuff that I haven't seen that is interesting. And, you know, like I said, uh, Victor Buono himself just talking about the actor himself uh, is interesting. So anyway, check out that Paleo Cinema podcast. It's on iTunes and Martian Drive-In. Now, one movie that I, I found uh, just by getting on Amazon and looking around and everything is, that I want to see and that I'm probably going to buy here. It's not on iTunes, and I'm not sure. I, I think I'm just going to buy the DVD. It's a little bit uh, expensive as far as, you know, under 20 bucks, but I want to see it really badly, is um, uh, Something Wild from 1961, uh, directed by uh, Jack Garfian? Uh, written by Jack Garfian and Alex Car- Car- Carmel. Stars Carol Baker and Ralph Meeker. And one of the reasons I wanted to see it was because of Ralph Meeker. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like with Franco Nero uh, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I've been kind of wanting to see more movies that I haven't seen with Ralph Meeker and um so i want to check this one out and uh let's see the synopsis just to give you an idea a young rape victim tries desperately to pick up the pieces of her life only to find herself at the mercy of a would-be rescuer and i i I just i read the synopsis of it and uh and let's see who else was it gene stapleton um clifton james who played the uh kind of the uh, fat redneck cop in the James Bond movies <laughs> with uh, Roger Moore. Uh, but anyway, this one, just from what I read about it, I just want to get a hold of it and and uh, devour it. There was another movie that I want to see... Um, uh it was a movie with bruno kramer that and i had it but i can't find a version of it with english subtitles so if somebody can turn me on to this it's called "Objectif 50 millions uh or objective 50 million um and it's a a heist movie um I actually found it one time through other means, but again I cannot find a um a version of it that has English subtitles or even dubbed, you know. And so I I wanna i I wanna know what the fuck's going on in the fucking movie. And it's by uh Pierre uh Schondorfer, written and directed and he's the one that did the uh uh three seventeen platoon, uh the uh French in uh Indochina movie that um i really like that will and sammy covered when i was supposed to be on the show and forgot what day it was uh, and he also did uh the Dien Bien phu movie and um he had that one uh, documentary that was really famous uh the anderson platoon where he actually was in vietnam and went with uh this platoon after serving in you know uh with the french in uh in uh Indochina at the time not Vietnam yet Uh, and so I wanted to watch it because I like Bruno Kramer and uh, also like uh, Pierre Schondorfer and uh, if anybody can find that out there with some uh, with some subtitles uh, and you know you can freaking let me know that would be awesome because the the still photos and everything look really cool Um, and that's how I found it at first because I think I watched uh, Objectif or no Objectif 50 millions is the one I'm talking about. The 317 platoon, um, when I watched that, I wanted to see something more with Bruno Kramer. And uh, let's see, it says, uh, Raisho, a former army captain, uh, is back in France after serving three years in prison for belonging to the OAS, which that is the organization that hired the jackal in the day of the jackal, the secret armed organization in France. Um and let's see. Okay, wait a minute. Let me get down here real quick. Uh Raisho, a former army captain, is back in France after serving three years in prison for belonging to the OAS, a dissident paramilitary group during the Algerian War. Uh marked by his uh by his past, he does not believe in the values of his country anymore. Um, at a loss uh, to know what to do with his life he agrees one day to take part in a heist set up by Pierre, a pilot Uh, the very man who gave uh, him away in Oran Uh, so anyway I don't want to read anymore because I don't want to give you any or uh, you know spoil anything but i just think that looks really good that's one i uh, i just happen to remember when i was talking about something wild because it's that's one that i want to see and i don't care if i have to pay you know 17 bucks or whatever to get it i think as a uh, something wild is actually a, a criterion release and uh, i was also wanting to hear some people you know if if you have seen that i was going to ask roop about that cuz jesus christ he's seen everything uh, uh what he thought about something wild if he's seen it um, so, anyway, and then that uh, objective, uh, 50 million or f- uh, objective 50 million or Objective 50 million with Bruno Kramer by Pierre Schondorfer. Okay, so that's at the end of my list there. Now let's go back over here to the old iPad and let's see what some of these questions say. Maybe we can wrap this up. Probably should have wrapped it up now because i got to go to the bathroom again. It's two hours. Get off the Rolf! I want to get to Sheridan Gold. I was looking. I wasn't talking to Rolf. I was just looking. His thing was up there. I wanted to think. Uh, Rolf is the is the uh, bedrock of the fucking podcast. <laughs> no shit, man. I'm not even laughing. I love Rolf Stohan and Rolf and uh, Terry Frost, of course. Who else is on here? That's a fucking cool as hell. That uh, loves us and we love them and all that bullshit somebody that I, oh man what's her name uh what's this chick's name frida pinto looks good in a bikini god damn she's got that caramel skin too i always want to say caramel because i always said caramel and then my friend randy started uh chastising me saying it's caramel now i catch myself every time i had the um, charles bronson john wayne william holden burt lancaster i threw in a picture of tommy lee jones from that uh because uh, he's, he's good, had made uh, quite a few modern westerns, including that one with um, where he was, uh, I want to say half-breed, uh, I don't know if that's a good term to say, but uh, the guy that was helping, what's her name, with her kid in the Old West, and what was that movie called, I can't remember now, Tommy... Tommy Lee Jones what's your name what are you in that movie about the western oh uh, that was a pretty good movie it was a nasty you know kind of brutal movie not three burials the missing and what was uh what was her name that i like in that oh yeah what's her name <laughs> kate blanchett i like her i would kiss her she's got nice lips too uh they had like Fal kilmer was in it, he played kind of a dick they had just like a small part in that anyway I'm gonna get off track I threw Tommy Lee Jones in there because I was you know just something about the uh, different guys from the old west what I was gonna say was who would you uh, out of all those people who would you pick or whatever and you know uh I don't know I, I think it would be a for westerns just not for the uh like all the different westerns but uh William Holden in the wild bunch and then I have a picture of Bert as um Wyatt Earp in uh, Gunfight at O.K. Corral, man, I, uh, and of course Bronson and John Wayne from The Shootist and Bronson from um, um, Magnificent Seven. But honestly, now man, The Shootist was really good. That was a good movie. Whether you like John Wayne or not, or you liked his politics or not, that was a that was a really I thought that was a pretty good movie. Uh, but I would go down to William Holden in. Wild Bunch and Bert in OK Corral. Now, it's like a it's like a cross between a modern nasty western with anti-heroes and a if you look at the real story of the gunfight at OK Corral, those guys were kind of anti-heroes too, but in that time period they were played as well Doc Holliday was and he was still played as kind of an anti-hero I guess in this sort of but more more leaning toward the side of the angels, of course, and Bert uh was more like uh, Chris Evans' Captain America in fucking uh Avengers. so it's almost like between Holden and Bert Lancaster in those two movies, I'm trying to see which one I'm trying to convince myself which one I would pick because it's just two different generations. I love the Lancaster, but honest to God, I think I might go with William Holden in um, the Wild Bunch. Because that was just such a... He was such a great actor. i not saying Burt wasn't uh, Lancaster, but uh, I think Holden... Burt Lancaster was more of a movie star, whereas William Holden, I think, was a better, actually a better actor. And that part uh, as Pike in The Wild Bunch was fucking awesome. So I'm not going go with him. Now, down to another little thing we had here, which was a uh, a question of... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Bree Larson... Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, Elizabeth Olsen or Scarlett Johansson and this was just kind of like with a question mark so you can take that however you want acting ability hmm I think I would go with Brie Larson Uh, now uh, (laughs) in other ways which one would I pick of course all of them would be great hmm I was gonna do a merry fuck kill, but I have one too many people. I think Bree Larson might be just the the be all of end all, but she's that dress she's got on that shows her cleavage is just fucking mesmerizing me but I just think she's i think she's really good actress and I think she's very pretty and not in a uh, a way that like a fake way, but none of them are like that. I like Moo hmm. It's hard to choose, you know. It's like vanilla ice cream, strawberry, uh pistachio and chocolate or whatever. Uh, I'm just still on the fence about Scarlett as an actress. Um, like I said Under the Skin was was, you know, a challenging good movie and she did a pretty good accent, I think, but I'm a moron, so what do I know? Um, Scarlett Witch was good in uh Marcy Martha May Marlene. Moo, I liked her mostly in Scott Pilgrim. I know that fucking Christine fucking hated her and hated her and the, her character and everything in Scott Pilgrim. And I liked her in um, Death. Is it Death Race? Kurt Russell, Quentin Tarantino, whatever. Uh, it's the cheerleader, but she didn't have much to do in that. But looked really cute. She got some long legs, daddy So anyway, let's move on from that. There's not too much to say there, although uh, the the only the, the I think the, the best answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> let's get down to these questions. Goddamn it! Here they are. Okay. Now, of course, some of you fuckers will have to ask twenty fucking questions. Okay. Uh, Rolf Keanu, is he a good actor? He's got charisma, but that's about it. Yep. <laughs> i think so i think you're right rolf that was a good that was an easy question oh jesus christ i clicked off okay there we go okay uh so yes i will agree to everything you said there but i like keanu he has a likability and even when i was watching that siberia some of his delivery he's like joe namath they said you know joe namath was from um upstate uh pennsylvania and um Then when he got on TV and started doing movies and then he got on like Monday Night Football and stuff, uh, people told him, you know, you have too much of kind of like maybe like a country accent or a Pennsylvania accent or whatever kind of accent he had and they started getting in his head about that and he started trying to... Go to voice coaches and stuff, and change the way he spoke, and to enunciate and everything. And of course, you know, Keanu, yeah, whoa, you know, oh, like Surfer Keanu, and you know, he's he don't want to want to talk like that what all movies. So maybe he did need to to uh, you know go to somebody and learn to enunciate and everything. But maybe it's just not that he's not a. a great or a good actor but like i said he's got that likability and everything and there's times when he delivers a line in a movie that i just about almost bust out laughing uh but i just like i like him i like the movies that he chooses and i kind of just like uh i don't know of course you don't i don't know the guy as a person or anything but i i he has a likability he has a charisma uh franco nero uh, this is also from Rolf. With no stash, he becomes Terrence Hill. <laughs> that's funny, because that's what I fucking said. I hadn't even read these questions yet. I wanted to wait. Uh, with stash, he becomes Loaf. Yeah, okay. Uh, I love him so much. Narrow, not Loaf. What? Well, a little bit. If he's here... Um, if he's here. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know where the fuck. <laughs> uh Let's see. Favorite narrow uh, Euro crime stuff, of course. He's also commi- uh, committed to his roles. You're... Uh, my favorite Franco Nero let me look up this fucking shit here Franco because some of those uh, I I, uh, some of the uh, Franco Nero um, like Euro crime movies and stuff I really like but then I go back and I'm thinking okay I see the title what was the the, the, the title of the motherfucker uh, what was the real title you know and all that shit let me look god damn it how the hell did i get okay now how the hell am i only at 1991 i've been scrolling for 20 fucking minutes let's get back in there to the 60s and 70s of course blue white bandit what are you doing of course you have a fucking jingo i'm not even down to that but that's the first thing that came to mind is jingo street law maybe Hmm. what are you what are you franco where are you? How am I only at 1970 now? I'm always only... This motherfucker, he's worked forever. Okay, Django. Driving down the road. Trying to get a sandwich. I just want to go and get the fucking sandwich. I am so fucking hungry. I like the one where he played the penguin in uh that was the one uh that also had uh the guy from the human chandelier <laughs> see this these these podcasts are not getting better they're getting worse <laughs> Compañeros, and uh that was the one that had um uh what's that uh, uh tomas milian anything with tomas milian is good and of course uh franco nero and it had uh, curly uh well jack palance and fernando ray well okay now let's see here okay westerns companeros i own that one and uh chingo and uh let's see mercenaries the one i was thinking about where he is that no that's not where he played the penguin, penguin was uh companeros i think curly is the uh jack palance plays curly in this one doesn't he god damn it how do i have to go to the bathroom so much <laughs> Yes, because he got curly hair. And of course, I can't find him on the motherfucker. Uh, Let's see. I have watched Confessions of a Police Captain. And uh, let's see. The Monk. Hey, uh, that's a high crime. I know I've seen that. White Fang. Uh, Street Law. Challenge of White Fang. It's hard to fucking say, man. 21 Hours of Munich. I've got that in my queue right now. Uh, I rented it. I haven't watched it yet. Kioma. Uh, for Stan from Navarone. I liked him in that one, but of course that's not a year. Well, I guess maybe it's kind of, I don't know what the fuck is a shit. Uh... De- 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 de salamander i like that movie it's not a good movie but i that's a, maybe one of the first things Maybe no i i maybe force 10 from navarone might have been the first thing i saw franco Nero in and then i liked him so i watched salamander which was on hbo quite a bit it was kind of like a was that 20, it wasn't 20th century fox somebody made that that was like a big studio and uh i think it was supposed to kind of be like a uh Let's see, production company incorporated television company it wasn't very good it had um didn't have uh, Sybil danning in up with her big titties uh christopher lee cleavon littles who was i was thinking of from, from uh fucking um whatchamacallit great cast uh franco Nero, uh anthony quinn martin balsam Sybil danning christopher lee cleavon little uh, Paul L. Smith, you know, of course he's menacing as shit. Claudia Cardinale, who melts my heart. And uh, it also has uh, Eli Wallach in it. Um, now, again, that's not a great movie, but it's a memorable movie because I remember them like having torture and shit in it and it had a lot of uh, Europe uh, politics in it and corruption and shit like that. Uh, that's one of my most memorable uh, Franco Nero movies where he was the star and I've seen it a bunch of times that's one of the reasons that it's hard for me to remember some of these Euro crime movies and westerns because I've only seen them like maybe once or maybe a couple of times now um, I've seen Django several times and it's very super low budget and it's really good uh, but also not that great as far as the production quality and it's super low budget Uh yeah, 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 a brute and the beast what is a brute and the beast that's a western Luis uh, Fulci I haven't seen that uh, let me go down through here one more time and I'll make a decision like I said Salamander is the one that sticks out in my mind I don't know if you would consider that a a Euro movie but it's, it's the one that I remember the most and that's 1981 uh, Franco still looked good. He still looked good in Force 10 from Navarone. Again, another movie that wasn't great. I thought he was good in it uh, compared to Guns of Navarone. It's not that great. Uh, and he was really good in 21 Hours of Munich. Again, 76. Um, so I like him, I think, most more. I like him in Euro crime movies. Uh... Companeros and uh, what was the other one I was just talking about? The Mercenary, were probably the, my two favorite with him as Westerns. Even more than... Jingo! See my voice and going. Uh, Mafia. Come a lot, motherfucker! Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You ask these questions, I can't fucking think and even think now. Uh, confessions of a police captain, or... Okay, I have Mercenary and Companeros, Confessions of a Police Captain, and what was that other one? Oh, I clicked on the son of a bitch that Street Law. Okay, and then Salamander. Those are the main ones that I remember liking. And like I said, I'm kind of taking the Django out of it. Django is so iconic, the original. Uh, But I'm going to take that out because it was pretty crappy quality. Uh, as far as production and and it's it's a really rough kind of movie as far as you know it set the standard i think for um uh, if you want to go past the clint eastwood trilogy movies for uh spaghetti westerns but um anatole ah captain Anatoly, an engineer from genoa uh he wouldn't be captain Anatoly anyway it's carlo i don't know i was just glancing an engineer from Genoa, gets mugged and decides to take justice into his own hands. Ah, at first the muggers seem to get the upper hand, but then he's helped by Tommy, a young robber, who takes his side. So maybe, um, that's kind of more like a, um, the, the, uh, fucking uh, Death Wish kind of a deal. Confessions of a Police Captain. Was that Martin Bolson? Yeah. See, like I said, it's kind of hard for me to remember some of these. I remember liking that one, though now wait a minute what was the one no 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 no, no. there was one that i'm forgetting where franco nero is put in prison it's a prison movie what the fuck was that called that's the one and i cannot I'm, i need to find that one because when i watched that one i was like man i that was a fucking good movie Ah uh, we may have reviewed it on the show too Ah, uh, where the fuck is that motherfucker Killer. it wasn't that it wasn't that far back it was in the 70s I'm pretty sure late 60s early 70s Da-da-da-da. pride and vengeance yeah, he wasn't a sergeant so I know that's not it sequestro de persona is that it Fisher, Sardinia spend a holiday with his I saw this one Christina Fisher arrives in Sardinia to spend a holiday with her university friend Francesco they are touring the island they are trapped in a mountain of terrorists Oh man, that's what's her name, Charlotte Rampling. I don't think I have seen this one, but I am going to key, do a screen cap of this so I can remember. Oh, I'm going to save it because I'm on my desktop. Let's see, done. I have not seen that one. Anyway, whatever. What the fuck is that movie? Um, the prison one is the one. Uh, 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 of course, Battle of River uh, Neretva N- 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 Rath- is the partisan movie. Tristana, I just watched that. Virgin Gypsies. The fifth day of peace that's not it. World War II deserters are tried for desertion. fellow POWs, that's Bud Spencer and Franco Nero. huh ah, Bud Spencer and Franco. That's kind of cool. Uh man, there's some of them on here I need to obviously get in here and watch. What the fuck? Not fifth chord. Is this it? It's a it's a I don't even think they had an um, American name for it. This might be it. Is this is the one where he's in prison. Yes, 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 yes. They did not have a name for it. The uh, American name, I don't think. Uh, L'est- Lestruturia e Chiosa Domenici. Because of a violation of traffic regulations, an architect is put behind, put in prison. Uh, there he witnesses a grim reality of life behind bars. Corrupt staff, corrupt inmates, an inhuman judicial system, and the power of the mafia. This was directed by uh, Damiano Dimani, uh, and uh, stars Franco Nero, Ricardo Cucciola, and George Wilson. This is a the one and again one of the reasons. This is a non-mustache Franco Nero from 1971. Um, this is one of I still say one of my favorite. But if I had to pick a movie that I uh, as far as just acting, not action, not uh, anything like that, just straight up acting with Franco Nero, this is my favorite movie. So there you go. And again. To say the name of the movie, I don't remember it having an American. If let me, I wonder if I can translate this. Hang on. Italian. English. English. Okay, enter text. Let's see if we can do this. My keyboard keys are so fucking worn off. This is so old. The investigation. The preliminary. Okay, wait a minute. Let me get back here and make sure. Let's see. Uh, Demen. demen Dement okay the investigation is closed and well i, I guess maybe it would be the d- investigation is closed but then it had um colon dementici and uh they don't have a, a dementic is what it comes up as so the investigation is closed let's just say that's what it is. dementici maybe that's the name is that his name in the movie it's fancy. Anyway, that's my pick, Rolf. The investigation is closed, or l'istrutoria è de, Okay, moving on. Another Rolf question. Scarlet, not my cup of tea that much, but she was good. And under the skin, they filmed some of her scenes with hidden camera. By the way. Is she a good actress? I'm not sure. What do you think? That's what I was just saying in the show. Uh, if they filmed her without her knowledge, like when it says um, they filmed some of her scenes with a hidden camera, um, if I don't, I don't know if that's exactly what you're saying. I think that's pretty fucking sick and pretty weird. Um, and I would sue the fuck out of them if I was her. If they did it on in a like uh, for scenes, oh, when you're saying hidden camera, see, I don't, you know, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about there. Um, hidden camera, like as far as the nudity stuff goes, or hidden camera as far as they had a hidden camera in the van and she was actually talking to people and nobody knew that they were shooting. That's, you know, whatever. Okay, war movies depends on the director. Okay, because I ask, um, what do you prefer, Vietnam War movies or World War II, uh war movies? War movies, this is rough depending on director, but usually I prefer Vietnam movies as they made were made in the 70s and 80s, plus they mostly, uh, haven't that rah-rah vibe. Hang on one second, I just got a page or whatever on my thing. I need to go to the bathroom and answer this person. I'm going to pause. Oh, what'd I do? Someone won. Someone... Okay, I are back. Um, I are. <laughs> that might be the longest break in and gold history in the same day. Other than like maybe if we had some kind of fucking e you've got to watch out for the e-shoes. Had to <coughs> talk to my sister for a little bit and then I decided to go to uh, the store and get some what did I get? I got some uh, Mean Bean um uh one of them little canned coffee deals. And um, I got a couple donuts for the dogs with uh, like some white icing on them. And I got some maple-flavored veggie sausage, which I just came home and made a, a um, I guess you would call it like a uh, fake, uh, <laughs> fake, a um, some kind of, I was going to say a McMuffin, but I was eating uh, gluten-free, um, what's that shit, uh, like multi-grain gluten-free uh, bread. And I get this, it's like long, it's about, um, I don't know, six, seven inches long, the way it's cut. So I bought that for hot dogs, veggie hot dogs. And um, what I do is I toast it and then I cut it in two f- to make a little sandwich. With the uh, maple veggie sausage and a piece of cheese. Which was tasty. And, uh, Scooby Dooby Doo, exchanging glances. Scooby Dooby Doo. Okay, now Rolf wanted to know. Okay, he said that uh... about the Vietnam, he preferred the Vietnam War movies because they didn't seem like they were as much like propaganda deals, I guess. Um, <clears throat> I can't say either way, because, um, it's just different generations. It's like the exact opposite where World War II movies are more raw, raw. Well, I mean, unless you look at, like, Cross of Iron or something like that, which was definitely not rah-rah. And it was from the, uh, German perspective, or Stalingrad, some of the newer, um... World War Two movies. Uh, but then you have, like, Saving Private Ryan and uh, um, Fury. Um, so, I mean, you know, um, I don't know. You do have, I mean, with, like, Vietnam-like characters like Rambo, that was really rah-rah, but it didn't actually take place in Vietnam. And then uh, uh, Missing in Action was a... Viet- or Missing in Action 2. Missing in Action 1 was based on the premise of when, the, uh, Chuck Norris went back, uh, over there. But, um, so you did have some raw rah Vietnam, yeah, it's a, a few raw rah Vietnam movies, uh, now that I think about it, uh, it just depends, you know, you had all the ones that were the, the more serious anti-war kind of movies, like Deer Hunter, Coming Home, things like that, um, uh, hmm. But I still, I'm not sure, especially with the new influx of some of the World War II movies like Fury and some of those ones that are done really well. Uh, I'm not really sure which one I would pick. It's hard to pick. That's why I mean, you know, that's why that's why I chose the um, the Topique. The Topeka. Okay, Rolf is moving on here. With uh, he said he doesn't get up early enough for breakfast. Uh, la 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 la. Uh, let's see, exploitation: the best and the worst. I would say, right off the top of my head, when I came back in and read that one, um, I like Black Caesar and Hell Up in Harlem. Those two. uh, For the best. The worst would be, like, to me, would be... You know, because I'm sure there were some shitty ones. I mean, of course, we're talking about ones that I've seen. Uh, Black 6 was, like, pretty shitty. Um, There was one that I watched not that long ago that was real super low-budget. Made in the... I think early 70s and it was really crappy but honest to god I can't even remember the name of it I don't think there was anybody famous in it it was like really like a a independent uh, film and it was probably the worst I was going to say something like Black Six but it was kind of funny because it was you know a biker exploitation movie and you had some good you know like uh, Mean Joe Green, Willie Lanier and some of these football players and stuff, but I honest to God, I cannot remember what the name of that one was that I watched and it was really fuck. I mean, it was bad every, all the way around. Um, the guy was a, I think a Vietnam war veteran came back and his brother and they were down in the South and, uh, the, the white redneck, white trash racist were really, you know, it it was just really poor acting uh, but honest to God, that, that would be the worst one. I just can't remember the name of it. And I probably will never find I don't know how I found it to start with, to tell you the truth, Daddy-O. Uh, Rolf watched a bunch of cannibal movies, I noticed, a week or two ago. And he asked best and worst of those. Um, I never really watched that many cannibal movies, except for, I think, like, I uh, watched Cannibal Ferox and uh, the cannibal holocaust i remember watching that The i remember watching cannibal holocaust and that one had um, the guy that was in the porno movies um, under a different name arbola i think is who it was yeah robert uh, kerman as robert kerman but he was i think arbola in the porno movies back in and that was like i don't i haven't seen that many cannibal movies that i can comment on it uh cannibal holocaust and i think we may have reviewed cannibal ferox a lot of you guys are a lot more a lot more um into that and know more about it than i do um yeah what was the one the the green something the green uh, that, uh, that douche did, uh, the, uh, bear Jew, let's see, um, oh, now that I can't remember the son of a bitch's name, I gotta look up in Glorious Bastards, I gotta find the fucking bear Jew, <laughs> and then I gotta fucking find him, and, uh, Eli Roth, okay, we're, 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 well, I'm, I'm tracking, I'm like Tommy Lee Jones or something in the, in that movie uh more of the western uh green something green. green 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 rocky road promenade in green tell me who you love tell me who you love was this was there a movie another movie called the green inferno or was that a remake of cannibal pharaoh or one of those movies, because I mean they're all kind of the same. I th- or not, I shouldn't say all the same, but the same premise. Um, I never saw this one, and I remember seeing the trailer for it, and it was pretty like, ooh, man, that looks kind of fucking fucked up. But then you know a lot of people hate fucking Eli Roth and you know anything he does, so you have to take that into account. And a lot of people hate remakes of class of what they consider classic movies or what are considered classic movies. Eli brought a TV and a copy of Cannibal Holocaust and had a screening for everyone. I remember the one, maybe it was Cannibal Ferox where they cut the guy's cock off and a bunch of shit like that. Um but like I said, I mean it's uh, the main thing about like these questions are more just to get a discussion going and everything and and uh let's see. The film's moral decline is inspired by the degraded descent of protagonist of Rogerio de Dotto's Cannibal Holocaust whereas the violence and karmic play out owes to the less controversial Cannibal Ferox so it's kind of like a mashup I guess of both I guess I guess I guess I guess <laughs> so um, like I said I can't really say which one was better I thought they, of the two I guess that I probably have seen now I watched the one where George Eastman uh, turned into that cannibal and ate his own fucking guts and all that shit. But I mean, I, I, it's hard to say when you've only watched a couple of, a couple of movies. But those are the ones that I've watched. And you know, I guess for cannibal movies, they they did what they were supposed to do. They disgusted fucking disgusted me. I didn't like the a lot of the animal killing, the, which was real in some of those movies. Um, how about travel? This is from Corey. Where would you guys go if you could go anywhere? hmm well I've always said I heard the wrestler Harley Race who was like world, one of the last uh, world touring champions he actually went to Japan and all over the world to you know defend his title or whatever and he said that New Zealand was the greatest or was the prettiest country on God's green earth and then when I watched um, The Hunter with Willem Dafoe I believe that one was shot in new zealand there's a couple of movies i've seen that were shot in new zealand and it was really really was beautiful um i think there i think i would love to go to switzerland uh, that's one that i i have even thought about going to um because it's not as much the uh i mean of course the the mountains and all that are beautiful and everything but just the the little towns and the scenery and how everything is over there. I think is just really beautiful, especially like in winter time and things like that. Uh, loaf, where would you like to go? <laughs> he's, he got, he's eating, he's eating something right now. I just, hang on. Let's see. Um, Corey also asked, what is your favorite comedy film? Um, I really liked it's a mad, mad, mad world back in the day because I remember seeing it at my cousin, Faye Clinton's house. My mom's like, you know first cousins uh they were actually a little bit older than my mom and watch that was back when you only had like three channels and I don't even know if they had cable back then but i i you know uh my cousin had a little t v in her in their bedroom and of course while the adults talk, she goes, you know if you wanna watch something you know watch whatever you want, you know you can go in there and watch and um and so I watched that movie and I really thought that was funny when I was a little kid and all the, it's hard to say because like, I mean you, you have like some of those Marx brothers movies were just, I mean, fucking hilarious and go all the way back to Buster Keaton and, uh, Charlie Chaplin and some of those silent movies. But off the top of my head, um, mad, mad, mad world. And like something like duck soup, but, um, uh, as a more modern movie um christ sakes oh, my god animal house I at the time i couldn't have thought of anything funnier and planes trains and automobiles and um you know groundhog day um, stripes bill Mo bill murray is kind of like a Seems to be a reoccurring thing, a uh, person there. And Steve Martin in, uh, like I said, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Okay, let's whittle it down. Oh, goddamn Animal House was fucking funny when it first came out. Now I've seen it so many times, I still laugh. But that's like any comedy, what no matter what it is, any of those ones that I just mentioned. Uh, once you've seen them, the first time, you get the natural reaction to everything, and the spontaneous reaction, and then once you've seen it, you know, there's no surprise. And so, yeah, you can go back and some of that stuff's still funny, but it's never going to be as funny as it was the first time. So, like I said, I mean, that, those are the ones that I, you know, uh, uh, say, like, uh, any of those old Marx Brothers movies are how fucking hilarious. There are some that are better than others. The ones where they're, you know, the 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 uh, older ones where they're young or are the, are the best ones where... Groucho's just really fucking just, you know, bam, 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 like a machine gun with the, with the funny lines. And, and then not only that, but the the beautiful productions that they put together and the dancing r- routines and stuff like that. And then Harpo playing the har, or uh, and Chico playing the keyboard, or the keyboards, <laughs> piano, and uh, all that. Um, it's hard to beat any of those. Even the other ones that I have just talked about, it's hard to beat. Uh, let's just say Animal House because I just keep going back to that. As far as a, uh, and I'll put newer movie. My God, that was a long time ago too. Forty-year-old uh, Virgin, I thought that was funny. Wedding Crashers, I thought that was funny. Um, as far as newer movies go, um, but anyway, move on from that. Thanks for the question, Corey. Miguel Ask best alone franchise: Rocky, Rambo, or Ah, uh, let's see okay rocky started out good uh one two and three were excellent now three he started getting turn he he turned start well he turned into yuppie rocky and so but mr t was so good in that and the gay love um what do you call it um bromance or whatever between Rocky and Apollo was appalling. <laughs> Woohoo! Ah no. Um it had everything as far as homoerotic uh love Uh, It had Clubber Lang and his trying to make a cuck out of Rocky, which I fucking love. I still, to this day, and I'm a broken record. I know you guys, you've heard this a million times. I wanted to see Clubber Lang turn Rocky Balboa into a cuck and Clubber just bang the shit. Because what's her name? Had big boobs. Uh, uh, Adrian uh, Kill. um, Let's see. I would have liked to have seen Clubber Lang beat the fucking shit out of... Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. This is a new twist to my dream Rocky movie. When Clubber says, Hey, woman. Hey, woman. Why don't you come with the real man? And, and fucking Adrian, like, shrivels and hides behind fucking Rocky. Like, oh, my God, there's nothing worse. Then, oh, Clubber, and his big black cock clubbering my pussy, um, but she's like secretly getting turned. She's getting turned on, like behind Rocky. He, she gets behind Rocky, and he like stands in front of her. But she's like looking at Clubber and, and thinking, "Oh my God, this is fucking making me hot." Anyway, and they, they, their eyes meet, and so Clubber knows. You know, he's got everywhere. But anyway, okay. So here's what we could do here. Then, um clubber beats the fuck out of rocky and then they fight again and clubber beats the fuck out of rocky again like rocky cannot fucking win and adrian is fucking clubber she goes to him to at first to to uh try and get clubber to help her or to try get clubber not to hurt rocky after the first fight because she knows that they're going they're going to fight again and clubber says okay Maybe I maybe I take it easy on your little ma, little man, little yuppie, Rocky. If you uh, take care of me or whatever. So then, at first he's like banging the shit out of her, and she's like has like a tear running down her face and shit. <laughs> but but Clubber's fucking really, you know. Then next thing and, and let's say that adrian starts doing some drugs <laughs> cuz i want i want adrian uh, uh, adrian to be like clubber is fucking her but he gets her hooked on like fucking heroin or something to where she keeps coming back and to like okay he, clubber has like the the don king like promoter who's really unscrupulous and he gets adrian he he finds out that adrian has a little bit of some fucking issues so and she's like taking the mother's little helper or taking she's drinking say she's drinking or whatever because Rocky's always out doing stuff and she's home by herself and he's neglecting the puss because he, all he wants to do is work out and then he's too tired to do anything and he wants to spend time with like Apollo and stuff and work out. Well, so Clubbers fucking, well then, um, She's hanging around Clubber's thing because her and Rocky are having problems, and then the Don King like guy, he starts giving her a little bit. She's like, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just tired, I'm wore out, blah 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 blah." And he gives her like, he puts a little bit of line of coke on his hand, or maybe Clubber does this. I don't know. First, maybe Clubber does it, and so then she, he puts it under, and she sniffs it off his hand or whatever, and then he puts his thumb in her mouth, and she starts sucking on it. <laughs> So then, okay, so then anyway, she becomes attached to Clubber because not only because Rocky's not paying attention to her, but because of the drugs and stuff, but also, she of course, she wants, she wants to keep her family together. So she doesn't want to break up her family, so she doesn't want to leave Rocky. And Rocky's a fucking, he's stupid and he's a putz, but she loves him, but she feels sorry for him and everything. She doesn't want him to get beat up and get killed. So then, she also... That's because that she wants... She she thinks that Clubber might go easy on him and not kill him. um Beat shit out of him or whatever. And then, not only that, but then she's getting the dick. And he's fucking, like, making her feel shit that she's never felt before. Because he's, like, you know, Clubber. And Rocky's, like, you know, this dumbass. Uh, like, uh, yeah. Anyway, so, okay... But then we're going to go from here, which is Clubber says, fine, okay, they, they haven't set the second fight because Clubber's holding out. But then Clubber goes ahead and Rocky does something. He says, "I gotta take this fight. It's my manhood, you know. Um, I I I need this fight. Uh, he's taking something away from me, and I need it. And something just hasn't been right. So he kind of he doesn't know what's going on, but you know. So anyway, um, Clubber and they end up fighting, and Clubber fucking beats the fucking shit out of him worse than the first fight. He fucking beats him like really fucking bad." and Adrian is there in the crowd and she comes up to the ring after the f- or, or during during the fight when Clubber's like in the fucking uh corner and Rocky's just fucking bleeding and stuff and he can't even hold, hardly hold his arms up she comes over and she grabs Clubber and she's like what are you doing? What are you doing? You promised me. You promised me. And Clubber, you know when the, the corner man squirts the water in their, in their mouth? He fucking, t- he has like a mouthful of water and he just spits it right in fucking Adrian's face. And like everybody in the crowd, I mean, every- now Rocky's so beat up, he can just see blurry shit her. He spits like this fucking water right in her face. Just humiliates the fucking shit out of her because he don't give a fuck about her, you know. So Anyway. Then Apollo sees this. He's in Rocky's corner because he's training Rocky. But Rocky's fucking done. He he's just ain't worth a shit. You know, he got lucky uh, in the second time or whatever, whatever. So anyway, and you find out that kind of like um, Apollo was doing all that shit in the first and the second fight to kind of try. And he was, he was like, he's so good. He's like Muhammad Ali. He's so good. He was like working the fight. And Rocky didn't even know it, because Rocky's a fucking club fighter, and he ain't worth a shit. But, so, it comes out that club that um, Apollo had been carrying Rocky, and even lost to him in the second fight, because they were doing like an Ali-Leon Spinks thing. And he was just wanting to get the, build up the, uh, the drama, so that the next time he fought Rocky, beat the fucking shit out of him and win. Well, so anyway... And he, they find out that Apollo was like the part promoter of those fights. So he was making money no matter what. So then anyway, Rocky gets fucking shit beat out of him again. You know, he's just a fucking douche, loser, you know, whatever. And Apollo sees what's going on in the corner when Clubber Lang spits the fucking water in Adrian's face in front of everybody and then it's like okay what the fuck's going on here and everything so then he starts going to uh he goes like after the fight and everything rocky is really bad and everything well apollo goes to the hospital and shit and adrian's there and he's like, you know, uh there's nothing that Rocky. They said he needs his rest and everything. They go out in the in the thing and everything, and she's crying and everything. So Apollo starts. He's like comforting her. He gives her like a big. He's holding her and stuff, and giving her a big hug and everything. And he's got like the big Carl Weathers glistening. Mom. I mean, he's got a shirt on and stuff and a and a sports coat and stuff. But she feels like the big sinewy big. Uh, fucking muscles and all this stuff and apollo smells really good and he's got like Jared the you know he doesn't have jerry curl in his hair but he's got his he's got the fro picked out just perfectly and it's got a little bit of glistening stuff in it and he smells really good and it just stirs something. and he's so kind and so nice and he's got it all together because and he is like the alpha male he is like the kind of guy that every woman wants and every guy wants to be in all this shit so then that will go into i'm not going to give you any more because these are gems There, there will be more movies now the question was (laughs) which was better rocky rambo or expendables okay rocky one two three were really good rocky 3 even started having a little bit of stupid shit, because Rocky kind of became yuppie Rocky, and then they did the robot thing and Now, Rocky 4 was pretty badass, because you had Dolph, and you had uh, what's her name, Brigitte, uh, who was actually, Rocky was probably, was well, not probably, he was fucking her at that time. Um, that'll come into play in the following movies, too. Brigitte Nielsen. And some stuff there. Okay. Because Rocky, after he gets beaten so badly, he will become the only way. See, then he won't be able to perform. He won't be able to perform because, number one, secretly, deep down psychologically, he's gay. Um, And he doesn't realize it until he meets Brigitte Nielsen the wife of Drago that the only thing that turns him on he doesn't want a submissive woman like Adrian he wants a dominant dominatrix like woman and that and then she will do something in the one movie where like when I said when like Clubber Lang said, Hey woman, hey woman and raw Ro- and she sh- uh like kind of goes behind Rocky, but it turns her on because he's a real man and a- Clubber's like a real man, a dominant man and everything. And he's turning Rocky into a cuck. Well that Rocky will have that moment where in a press conference or something like that, he knows deep down, he won't admit it to anybody, but in himself he has these inner doubts because he doesn't even know that he's gay yet, but the only times that he's happy is with Apollo training and posing and working out and stuff like that. And every once in a while, if they, if Apollo comes up and like says, man, good job. And, and like, uh, uh, uh says, Hey, rock man, God look at your biceps and touches his arm. Or something like that. But he doesn't know it yet. He's still like, uh, 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 um, uh, homophobic and things like that. But, Inside, there's a chemistry there that he doesn't understand. But to get to that point, Drago's wife says something during a press conference that calls Rocky's manhood into question, Uh, and even more than Drago. It's not that Drago does anything. She does something, and Rocky starts to get a hard-on. Which he hasn't had in forever because he can't get it up because he has been, his manhood, he's been defeated. And he has become submissive. See, see where it's, you know, you, okay. Now, Rambo, I like the first Rambo, I like the second Rambo. Third Rambo, I've watched that several times, and I still couldn't tell you that much about it because I didn't think it was very good. Now you had John Rambo, where he was a big bloated human growth hormone steroid fucking monster who's so fucking bloated and has a big steroid gut, um, the bubble gut probably, and his head is getting bigger and all this shit. Uh, that was pretty good though. Then. Now the Rocky ones too. I forgot. We have to throw in there. Um, that one with Tommy Morrison was fucking horrible. And then that gets more into that. That will be down the line. And I'll throw in the, uh, in more of that. Then the one where he comes back and like George Foreman, the old guy who fights the young guy, that's getting more into when Rocky is becoming more comfortable in his older days being gay. um, then you have Creed, I haven't seen that yet, so I can't even comment on that. Uh Rocky or Rambo. So you had Okay. First Blood Rambo two First Blood or Rambo First Blood Part two. Then that one with Troutman in Afghanistan where Rambo is friends with Osama bin Laden <laughs> Fighting with Al Qaeda. Um let's see then John Rambo which is pretty good I've only seen that like once but I, it was pretty good it was really ultra and everything and of course that's what it, he wanted Expendables I liked the first Expendables because Dolph was a drug addict unapologetically he was a jerk and a drug addict and everything and who else was in that that was I liked uh, Ram- uh, Rambo I liked um, what the hell was his name in that fucking movie Link something no Fuck was Stallone's name in fucking Expendables. Uh, him and Statham had their gay, uh, um, homoerotic, uh, manse Expendables. Expendable. God damn, there's four of those. Oh, they're making the one. Okay, there's Expendables. Where's the other Expend Expendables? Expendables. <laughs> I truly am a jackass. I was made. Um uh, created by my stupid sisters and their sense of humor too. Okay. I actually liked Bruce Willis in the first one. Uh Stallone made the cameo, which was cool because he didn't do oh, Eric Roberts okay, now I'm I'm seeing uh Stone Cold was really good. Okay, now the first expendables was good. You have Mickey Rourke with the knife and the and the tattoo and the cowboy hat and everything, which was cool. Okay, so Gary Daniels was in there. Uh Okay, so Expendables one was really good because it, I think it was rated R and it was you know it wasn't goofy, stupid shit. Now it makes this just uh, uh, looking at this, I want to watch uh, the original Expendables. Again. Stallone was pretty cool in this. Then Expendables two. Let's see Expendables two expand a 2 to that's the one with liam hemsworth that's the one with jean-claude van damme and i liked i liked half this movie half of it i love jean-claude van damme i like scott adkins i love the badass shit like that i love the end fight between the two ending fights with statham and Adkins, van damme and stallone Although I had a problem with that fight because Van Dam was beating the fuck out of him, and then just for no reason, all of a sudden they must have edited it or something, but all of a sudden Van Dam was on the ropes for no reason. he had just been beating the shit out and and all of a sudden he was like just like uh, he was just hanging on, but anyway, I like that um, but there was some of this stuff like the Chuck Norris shit where he shows up, and that was dumb uh Arnold and uh whatchamacallit in this were horrible. Arnold and um was it Bruce Willis in this one? But anyway, they were horrible whether he was in it or not. And then I remember like in the in the one with Ronda Rousey and that shit, that one. It had I like I, if if they would have kept the um badass and not going for laughs and humor and tongue in cheek shit like they had in the first one and had Mel Gibson and Stallone as the protagonist and antagonist and everything. Uh, same with the Van Damme one. That was that part was good, where they kept it badass. But then the the stupid shit and the camp, the 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 tongue and cheek stuff and that crap, they killed that. Um, so of the three, the best would be. And I heard Loaf say that Creed was really good. And, of course, they're making a sequel to that. Uh... I guess you got to go with Rocky. Well, you only had... What's with Rambo? Didn't you only have Rambo? Now, that second Rambo... I, I, like I said, I almost choked to death watching that in the theater. So, I have fond memories of that. Um... First Blood, Rambo 2. But in retrospect, it's it's dumb, but it's just, you know, uber, over-the-top, ultra-violent movie. It's not supposed to be realistic or anything. Rambo and Rocky. Because Expendables doesn't count because you had, basically, if you take the first movie's good, half of the second one, half of the third one, you have two good movies out of three. Now rambo like i said now that one in afghanistan it's just not memorable at all to me and i didn't think it was that good to start with so you got maybe and then john rambo was pretty good big bloated pumpkin head rambo they they're all about the same except you had a like I said a cup maybe let's see with Rocky like I said that one with Tommy Morrison was horrible Rocky Rocky 4 was with that with Dolph okay that Rocky Balboa okay you had Rocky Balboa where Rocky was dumb that's the one where he was like George Foreman and he came back and fought the young guy uh and of course Rocky was like 60 and looked like a, a fucking bodybuilder and the heavyweight champion of the world was uh who looked like a real boxer, looked small compared to the jacked up steroidal. They should have had Rocky tested for fucking steroids. Um, damn! But Rocky movies are fun because Rocky's so stupid. And when he got really smart for no reason, it was disgusting. But Clubber and Drago fucking beat the shit out of him. I wish they would have killed him. Uh, no i don't want him dead i want him broken i want him questioning his sexuality and i want him to bec- become a cuck okay and he likes to be beaten Is somebody calling me hang on let me pause yeah, i just got an email from my condo place at the beach um so anyway, let's go, let's move on from that. It's hard to say if I had to choose the ones that I would watch the most now. Uh, Jesus Christ, man, that first Rocky was so good. Um, if somebody said you could only now, you had a shitload of Rocky movies, but some, some of those were really not that good. The the one where, well, I mean, I'm not even saying they weren't good. Uh, that one where he was like George Foreman, and he was older, he came back and fought I don't think that was a bad movie the one that was bad was the one where the guy played like Don King and Tommy Morrison was his protege and he neglected his own child, Rocky did, to to train Tommy and he was treating Tommy like his son and all this shit um, Rambo, I have only I, I've only seen that John Rambo maybe a couple times and that was a long time ago it seems like now uh, when it went to Burma. Burma. Burma, 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 but honest to God, you know, I like the scenes with uh, first Expendables. I liked, I liked the shit with Van Dam, and I liked the scenes with Mel Gibson. But I just wish they would have done more there, showed Mel Gibson more had mel gibson be more badass maybe have mel gibson have a team of of killers that were better Uh, hmm. that's hard to choose (laughs) maybe i'm burnt out on rocky though that's like i said with creed i haven't even watched it because i'm just burnt out on rocky i mean it's just fucking been going on and on and on uh, i don't know i i've spent too much time on this god we're over three hours now because i'm taking the breaks but i mean the thing hasn't run but i'm thinking too much uh let's just say the um uh, uh, hmm. rambo movies are really stupid let's go with rocky i'll go with rocky okay i made a decision um Brie, 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 brie larson Bree larson william holden and rocky uh and i talk a lot about rocky but obviously there's there's see there's fertile fields to plow with rocky uh and that's not including his butthole or adrian's vagina uh let's see follow-up question from miguel uh Rank the films... Oh, shit, my screen's time. Uh Rank the films of your favorite Stallone franchise. Oh, my God. Jesus, fuck. Okay. Now I got to go get back... And, okay. Number one, Rocky, of course. The first Rocky was the best. Second Rocky was second best. Third Rocky was third best. <laughs> it's just like that. Uh, fourth Rocky was fourth best. Okay. Then you had, I think, the Tommy Morrison one, which sucked. I, I thought that was the worst. Um. Uh, of the ones I've seen then go to Rocky Balboa. I think that is one where he's old, the old, old Rocky and he's back to being dumb and shit again. And Adrian is, I don't want to say uh, a cuck. <laughs> no, she's not a cuck. She's a, uh, uh, whatever, um, big wet asses. Um, so take that one where Tommy Morrison and the guy that plays like the Don King character, that's the worst. And I haven't seen Creed. I guess you call that a Rocky movie. And Loaf said it was really good, so that might get way back up into the thing there. Uh, So pretty much, just take that one with uh, Tommy Morrison, put it at the end, uh, put, and then they just go in order. But but I'm wondering, like that, that Rocky Balboa one where he was old and came back and fought. I have only seen that I think once. And so to compare that to the one with, like, say, Drago... The, yeah, but the Drago one... When, when, okay, you, it's like the Sean Connery, James Bond would be the first two Rocky movies. Then the Roger Moore, uh, James Bonds would be Mr. Cleber T- and Drago. And then the one with Tommy Morrison would be a... I don't know, Timothy Dalton one too bad. I didn't think Pierce Brosnan bad. Okay, that would be uh, Casino Royale with uh, fucking Woody Allen and David Niven, even though I like that one better than that. I'm, t- I'm t- spending too much time on Ram Rocky. Okay, Miguel. Uh, best Stallone film that should have been a franchise but wasn't. uh, Miguel's was Cobra. I hated Cobra, and I still don't like Cobra. I saw it in the theater. It was about an hour and fucking 15 minutes long, and I thought it was shit. No offense. Everybody likes what they like. I never liked Cobra. Stallone. Stallone. Probably Nighthawks, because I wouldn't have minded seeing... um, Wait a minute. Uh, (laughs) Oh. Why did I type in Cobra? I, I typed in Stallone, you stupid fucker. Silvestri. Okay, let me get it. And I'm not going to say something stupid like uh, one of them goddamn Dolly Parton movies. <laughs> uh, okay. Um us get back here real quick. victory rhinestone drinking stein I'm drinking Stein. I hate it over the top. I hate some of those stupid movies that you guys like. <laughs> Tango and Cash, Cash and Tango. I, that was that was really stupid. Uh, I've watched it several times. Uh, my mama shoot. Cliffhanger, Cliffhanger, maybe. Demolition Man. I liked him against Wesley Snipes. If it would have been a really badass movie with no funny stuff in it, although Sandra Bullock is kind of like a tomboy kind of a person. Uh, and she. Uh, I just wish it would have been Wesley and Stallone fucking beating shit specialists. Judge dread no. Assassins, no. I have, uh, Antonio Banderas was fucking so over-topping that cop land. Get Carter. Now, of course, that was a remake. I liked the Get Carter movie with uh, him and Mickey Rourke. Some of you guys didn't like that one. Avenging Angelo didn't see that. She Palpoa. Rocky, of course, no Rocky. Bullet in the head. I hated that. Bullet to the head. I'm sorry. Escape plan. Escape plan would have been good, but then from what I've understood, the second one was straight to video. And Stallone isn't even really the the, the main guy. Of course, I mean he's getting old, you know. So maybe they were he's trying to set something up for other guys or whatever. But um, I liked Arnold in that. But you know, you know all that. You you listen to the show. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Of course, you know if he's going to be uh, Starhawk in that, would be cool. God, like I said, he's getting old, and you know, the longer it takes to make some of these movies, Escape Plan three, it's kind of going to become a uh, Devil's Station. So this is another Stallone franchise, Escape Plan. Uh, and, Of course, you know, like you said, I, I still, I think I would consider uh, Creed, Rocky movies, you know, same old shit. Expendables four, is rumored he'll be dead by then. <laughs> Barney, that's what his name was. What did I say his name was there a minute ago? Link. Who was? When was he? Link. Whatever. Okay, so anyway, I would say Um uh Nighthawks. Okay, let's move on from Miguel. Miguel Oh god damn you. Emailed you too, which I should have done in the first place. <laughs> now I gotta log into the email. Uh no, I'm just kidding, Miguel. I I appreciate we we I we appreciate your thing. Let me see if I can get in this email and we'll see. What did you have? Oh, you did you email the same questions there. Uh, good no-lo-lo no, no, for Miguel right now. He's making me work. Um, oh, the federally say they could have had him any day. They only let him go so far. Favorite still? Uh, yeah, these are the same questions. Bonus questions. Uh, Will the Expendables 4 Expendables ever happen at this point? Expendables could be awesome. Uh, Maybe I'll bring back Brigitte Nielsen. No! No! Uh, Have Michelle Rodriguez head up the team? No! Uh, Although, uh, oh, Miguel also says that Cobra... what's your favorite stallone movie that never got a sequel or franchise but should have his is cobra although over the top is close okay i did not like over the top so anyway okay so we got all the questions in what time are we on here with a solo zamolo ah three sixteen. that's not too bad i think that's about all i have for yens uh you guys help me kill some time here take my mind off of stupid shit and uh appreciate all the support like i said suplex multiplex with the cinemascus justin Oberholzer. justin's a good not only a good guy but he has a plethora of knowledge um about cinema and is a big roger ebert fan if you guys don't know justin uh get to know justin he's a cool dude also a big wrestling fan um Oh, Talk Without Rhythm podcast with El Goro. It's a good show. El Goro does a good job, and he is a solid dude, also. Um See Here Podcast. Then we have the Feminine Critique, Paleo Cinema and Martian Drive In podcast with uh, the the venerable ter-, ter Frost Giant, Terry Frost, and uh over there with his lovely lady Sal in uh where does he live uh Genosha, i think uh <laughs> and uh what other podcast if i could save time in a bottle uh, mission impossible fallout's coming out and it's got that uh, henry cavill cavill whatever the fuck his name my sister likes him i don't know where she saw him that she likes him um i don't Thing. he's too hairy to be superman don't you think brandon routh is superman although he's also adam anyway let's get off here i'm going to get off here and start watching movies for the next show and uh again thanks for listening people show your support by sending me a video of your best bruce willis shooting a gun or a picture okay Post a picture on the group of you doing Bruce Willis from Die Hard, shooting a gun, or a Bruce Willis kind of face. If it's a video, you can even do a classic Bruce Willis line from a movie. And I think Stallone had hair plugs. I'm looking at this picture of him. And he obviously does steroids and stuff like that. He he is either doing a hair club for men thing, where they put the thing on your head and glue it to your head or whatever, or he has done the Bosley clinic hair plug thing. He definitely has. Well, he definitely dyes it and he tries now to put a little bit of gray in there to make it look, which I don't blame him for any of this shit. It's like, it's not hurting anybody. Um, you know, like I said, the, the steroids and stuff, who knows what it's doing to his insides. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm getting off the beaten path. Okay. I'm even going to post this on the group, but, um, if you listen to the show and you made it to the end, uh, post a picture of your best Bruce Willis face shooting from uh, like shooting a gun from Die Hard or Die Hard 2, Die Hard 3, whatever, um, or just a Bruce Willis imp- impression, uh, as far as a picture goes, like what he, what he does with his face. And if you want to put a video on the group, uh, just a quick one, like, you know, a couple minutes or whatever, where you say a classic Bruce Willis line from a Bruce Willis movie. I would be much appreciated, and I think it'd be funny as shit. All right, people, uh, have a good one. It is now, it's not August yet. It's almost the end of July, uh, and uh, I may be going on a trip soon because I think uh, it would probably be good to get away from this place and some of the uh, emotional stuff that uh, is going on. I I I'm going to be honest with you. I I was a little I'm a little bit twisted in a knot inside. I know that uh, you know the, I did the right thing and everything, but still it just kind of, you know, it's in it's just in my head. So, anyway, doing the show and everything, watching movies and uh, you know, doing stuff like that is what I need right now. So, I'll talk to you later. Uh, and uh, we'll have another show coming up in eh, a week or two. Uh, I've been watching some watching a lot more movies and you know trying to get some good stuff i want to watch that uh ralph meeker one coming up all right people have a good one and enjoy watching movies and uh yeah post what you watch on there and uh we'll do another question thing here coming up but uh, enjoy dr sam sang oot from the isle of samoa <laughs>